Welcome back to Punching Up, everybody. I'm Steve here. I'm your host, and we got a nanny today, folks. We got a double-decker. This is actually three serial killers. We normally don't do serial killers. We normally try to stay on the whole drug-dealing tip, but uh, these guys are pretty interesting. This episode is done by Robin Fitch McCullough and myself. To be honest, I don't even know if this episode is about serial killers as much as it is about the ineptitude of Russian and Serbian police. Um, we had to double up these guys because these Russian serial killers, I feel like a lot different than ours. They um, look up to each other a lot, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. That's not the point right now. Right now, make sure you guys like that joint, drink that beer. I'm here with my tall boy, Modelo. As you know, that's where the burps come from, and that's where the the podcast really sits. So shout out to Modelo. They don't sponsor us. They should. We all know they should. They should have sponsored me for quite a long time. I've been pushing this beer into my body and onto my friends. Here's a sip for you. Oh, so we're in San Francisco right now, as you can tell from this crazy background. It is fucking sick. I am enjoying life right now, just on the road. So this episode is about the Hammers of Irkutska, Artem Anufriv, and Nikita Litkin. It is also about Russian serial killer Alexander Pushkin. So if you want to know more about Pushkin, check out Time Suck with Damn Cunnings. We normally don't do serial killers, but here we are. We got a double-decker Western bacon cheeseburger. So, uh, to start the, what about these guys? Anufriv was hit in the head as a young kid and got pretty fucking dumb. He and Litkin started to become friends. Litkin kind of seemed to maybe put a little power over him. And they got really into hateful books and racist Nazi groups. From then, they started getting into Russian serial killer Alexander Pachushkin. Now, Pachushkin um, is one of the biggest serial killers of all time in Russia. His whole goal uh, of coming up in the serial killer game was he wanted to beat Andre Chikatilo. If you want to know about Chikatilo, once again, Dan Cummings' Time Suck. One of his best episodes, one of the best episodes of a podcast, period. That man was a fucking psycho. Pushkin put up more numbers than him. You know, he's kind of like LeBron to Michael Jordan. Is LeBron better? In my opinion, yeah, I'd rather play with LeBron. But Michael Jordan set the whole thing. So, a new Freve, Litkin, start getting into Pushkin. They start following his shit, and then they go from weird racist hate groups into bashing people in the head with hammers and clubs. And from there, you can really get into the ineptitude of these fucking Serbian-Russian police. It's amazing. They are terrible at their jobs. They start beating people in the head around the University of Irkutska. And they do it for so long, and not well. It's not like a cool uh, Dexter serial killers. These guys just are bashing homeless people in the head, leaving them dead. A lot of them leaving alive. And then they start giving such a little fuck that they just start hammering people's heads outside of their apartment and they do this for so long and they never get in trouble so if you like that and if you want to know how freaky deaky Pachushkin is that guy was murdering people and just dumping them in a well around the street from his house here's an idea if a bunch of bodies are falling in a well put a fucking lid on the well also here's another thing guys I don't know if you know this you can trick any Serbian person into going anywhere you want with vodka and cigarettes so if you enjoy that stuff listen to this episode that's the ad and now we're back to the normal shit so I had a few guests this week that all backed out but I gotta be honest with you my guy Dayud Neymar came through and I would have picked him first um if you know Dayud, he's pretty much the king of SF stand-up right now. Um, he was started in a, ga- a, ga- a little comedy gang called uh, Hella Funny Crew. A lot of those guys moved to L.A., Mark Smalls, Andrew Orolfo. 
And he stayed up here, and he's just fucking racking up points. Guy's hilarious. Uh, he's, we've been on a bunch of shows. He's opened for me before. Um, great guy up in the SF Punchline. If you work any of the punchlines or go to any of the clubs, he's pretty much one of the main guys around here. How did I meet him? Well, um, when you first start doing comedy in the Bay Area, he was from the Outer Bay, not San Francisco or Oakland. I was from San Francisco or Sacramento. And during my time when we started coming here, people like Moshe Kasher and uh, Mary Van Note and Joe Tobin and a bunch of people that don't fucking, well, I guess Moshe's pretty famous. Um, they were rude as fuck to us. Uh, they treated us like idiots, like like small town yokels. And we had to band together. And Dayud, Smalls, Arolfo, and me, whenever we go to shows, the other guys wouldn't talk to us. We'd go. We'd get better and better. They'd say the same because they weren't very funny. And <laughs> and I can say this because most of them don't even do fucking comedy anymore. So I don't really care. So then we would just keep getting better. And once those guys slowly faded away into either quitting comedy and just becoming normal adults or I don't know what they did. I don't really care. Uh, Dayud, me, Mark Smalls, Andrew Wolfo kept rising up the ranks until, you know, before I moved, we were probably the main guys in normal California. I moved and Dayud stayed and he's the main guy here. So I've known him for a long time. I've known him probably eight years. We met the first time at this place called Rooster Tea Feathers. It's a, I'd say B-level comedy club. Um, it's ran by a comedian though. If you ever want to know how to not run a comedy club, don't be a fucking comedian running a comedy club because they always think they know better and they always think all this stuff when in actuality you'd be performing and not owning one if you're that good. So that's a little thing there. <laughs> a little bitter today. I'm not, though. I'm actually really happy, as you can tell from this fucking view. What could I ever be mad about? So let's go over and just talk about some stuff right here. How was my week? Um, got a sick store spot, dude. Um, the new booker. And it's weird to say it's a booker because they were my friend, Emily LaFord. Uh, she's giving chances to the younger guys, you know. Uh, I loved Adam. Adam was great. I have nothing wrong to say. But, you know, if you're a younger cat and not Brian Simpson or Laura Bites, he would kind of just bury you in the end of the night. And Emily is changing shit up. So I had an 11 o'clock spot, and it was awesome. I did really good. She thought I really, really good. Had my girlfriend there. They saw me. It was good, man. It was really good. She also let me do an opening spot uh, the week before to help me get ready to do stand-up for sober people for that JFL audition. And you know what, man? I think I'm a little bit more of a late-night guy. Um, I can do the early stuff, you know, a little cleaner. This is okay. So if you're going to open a show, this if you're a comedian listening to this, and I've seen a few people this week that might need to channel this, if you're opening a show and you're a comedian, you shouldn't be dirty. And if you're going to be dirty, be dirty at the last three minutes of your set. Because just think of comedy like fucking a food. Or honestly, I think it's it's more like sex. there got to be foreplay, man. No one wants to sit down and you're just, you know, this is going to sound gross, shoving it in. or you got to make out with them. you got to keep going. You don't just start with the dirty stuff. So I tend to be, you know, I'm, I, I've being... Um, somewhat made in the late nights of the comedy store i tend to be a little more if not dirty at least uh, abrasive or you know talking about things that a lot of people don't want to hear at nine o'clock when they're not sober but when you get me up at 11 drop bombs baby everyone's a little drunk and they're more likely to laugh and stuff so i had a fucking blast 
there. I couldn't tell you how great it is to see the Comedy Store coming back. Uh, they're doing these belly room shows. I get to see my friends perform in the belly room shows, the guys who aren't passed. I get to see my friends perform everywhere. L.A., you know, everyone was all worried about L.A. closing or, oh, Joe Rogan's not going to be there. Everyone needs to follow Joe Rogan. Well, guess what? More people follow Joe Rogan because the cream's rising a lot quicker right now, and I couldn't be happier. That being said, I do love everyone that moved to Austin, and I do love Joe Rogan. But everyone else moved there. I don't give a fuck. I'll keep moving up. I hope more people say racist <laughs> things on stage so that I can keep getting better spots. After that, I did a spot at New House Comedy with Tammy Joe Deeren. This bad boy is in the heart of Hollywood on top of a rooftop. If you follow me, you've seen the pictures. It was sick. It was really cool. Um, venue is insane. You know, you don't really want to do comedy on rooftops or outside. But I feel like her show has staying power because it's so fucking gorgeous that it's really just a unique experience. And, you know, that was really fun. Uh, the audience audience also was pretty dressed up. They seemed like they were really happy to be there. You know, that's just comedy right now, man. I've, I've been working almost nonstop since about April 4, 1st on the road. Thank God I'm a little fucking burnt out, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, that's going to be coming to an end. I'll be in L.A. a lot more. But um, people are happy to be out, man. Shows are great. Crowds are great. People are just in a good mood. This is this is a truly special time to be alive. Um, was it worth the year and a half layoff of our lives? For me, it was kind of cool. I, I didn't enjoy it. I got fucking unemployment and just chilled and got open for Burt. But I understand how it fucked a lot of business over. But, you know, I'm coming out of this, and I feel like my stock's a lot higher than when I went into the pandemic. So I couldn't be happy. So that new house show was great, man. I went up. Um, it's a little interesting to see these jokes I'm writing right now. And how they work a lot better. I'm just seeing my audience, man. My audience is definitely mid-20s to about 40, you know. And when my audience looks like that, or they are those people, I tend to do very, very, very well. And a lot of times when they're not, I'm doing okay. My new story is uh, crushing no matter what. But the other stuff is uh, doing pretty good, man. And it's fun to see me growing and finding my voice and just to say, you know, like, let's say what? Should I ap appeal to every person in the world? Should I go, I want to be people from 18 to 65 think I'm funny. That's cool. You might, you probably will make more money. But also that being said, I don't want to be a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know what I mean? Like, that's not my favorite thing to do in the world. I would rather have a couple people really like me and really relate to me rather than everyone be like, Oh, yeah, that one guy was pretty funny. I'd rather be like, that fucking Steve Fury guy said something to me. Getting a little deep on myself, opening up. But you know what? I'm just in a beautiful fucking view. And I'll talk more about how I got this view. I killed a man. I'm living in his house now. Hopefully no one finds out. Hopefully no one listens to this podcast. Psych. This thing's growing every goddamn week because of you guys. We're up to about three-something right now. And I want to say thanks for all the new listeners. Um, I appreciate you guys coming out. So, New House Comedy, went up there, did great. Uh, a lot of famous people on the show. Uh, Eliza Schlesinger, Marilyn Reischkub, Big Les Jones, Chris, Chris, uh, fuck, Chris Spencer? Yeah, Chris Spencer. There's also Chris Porter. They look nothing alike. Well, if you took skin color out, they'd probably look a lot alike because they're both balding men. Chris Spencer's a lot cooler than Chris Porter is. Chris Porter's all right, but he actually yelled at me one time. Chris Porter did. He's a funny comic. Um, 
But I remember when I was a door guy at the comedy store, um, I was working the back door. And when you first start working there at the back door, they act like if you don't check someone's ID at the back door, the whole infrastructure of the building will collapse. So this guy pulls in. It's literally like my second day. I don't know who the fuck Chris Porter is. So he comes in with a girl, and I go, hey, man, can I see your ID? And he goes, I'm Chris Porter. I go, okay, can I see your ID? He goes, I'm a paid regular. And he comes in with his girl. I'm going to be honest with you. The girl looked pretty young. I mean, she was probably 25, but you would need to have ID'd her. And I go, well, can I see your ID? And the guy loses his fucking mind. Starts yelling at me, you don't know how I, you don't know who I am. And I go, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Then why the fuck would I know who you are? Just, What? That being said, he did come by a couple hours later and apologize, so I have no ill will to him, towards him. That being said, Chris Spencer's never been rude to me. He's always a clean, cool-ass motherfucker. God, if I'm fucking up Chris Spencer's name, I would that would be a nightmare. He was like one of the hosts of the original BET. The man is stacking cash, huge TV writer, and, uh, you know, just fucking classy, dude. There's not really much I could say about the guy other than he's classy. He's always bringing a new whip. Um, and it's kind of cool now because I've gone, I can definitely see the respect I'm getting from fellow comedians that are higher up, seeing my name in better spots. And now they're like shaking my hand. So I'm at Newhouse and Chris Spencer comes up and shakes my hand. And to say that's cool, man, he's, I mean, he's comedy royalty, but he's definitely black comedy royalty. Like the guy's a writer on everything that's been cool. He's hosted a bunch of shit. So it's just like. You can feel yourself in any situation, in any job you do, in anything where you start feeling, like, comfortable. And you start feeling, you know, you go to the party, the work party. You don't got to show your badge. The guy at the fucking door knows you. All your bosses know you. And it starts to feel pretty good. And honestly, it feels right now that the better spots I've been getting have been led to people knowing me and recognizing me. And... Thank you, Emily LaFord. I love you. Okay, so the new house one. Oh. How did I get that spot? It's, well, this is a funny thing in comedy. Um, a lot of the spots you do, especially in L.A., either someone will see you and then they'll give you a spot there, or they hear that you're important or coming up and they'll give you a spot because of that, or they know that you can sell tickets. Tammy Joe, I believe, still works in some way for JFL, maybe in like a... What is that? Like a where someone gets paid to come in and consult, consultation. Maybe she's consulting for them. Well, I I did that J, JFL set I uh, told you guys about. Um, and then after the show, she gave me one of her spots. And her spots are pretty sick, man. She used to kind of run bringer shows in the belly room. And I remember I, she liked me for a second. Then I did a set that wasn't very good. And I, uh, I think I was a little bit late. It was like after another set. And there's some producers that are like, if I give you a set, don't do anything else at night, blah, 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 blah. Take this thing as the most personal, important thing in the world. And I fucking was a little late. I think I might even have missed the set. And uh, from that moment forth, she never booked me again. Um, but then she saw me, and I've been doing good, so I think I'm going to go back. And, I, and, 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 you know, when she stopped booking me, did I get mad? No, man. I mean, it's my fault. I was late to a gig. I know how she is. She's been running shows at the Belly Room for the whole time I was a door guy there. And I know she can be finicky, but people are finicky. You got people just need to stop being like, why am I not getting things? Why is this not working? What is it? And just realize people are weird.
people care about themselves, play the game or don't play the game. So I did that show off the JFL uh, performance, which was great. A couple people have been asking me. I guess you guys are enjoying this little beginning part about the little, just a little bit of my life. So hopefully that keeps going. Um, people have been saying, when do I know about the JFL thing? Well, they just got done with L.A. and now they got to go to New York. So it's going to be a while. I think probably July maybe. I don't know. And when I do get it, I can't even tell you guys. Just keep on my Instagram. Look, I'll post a picture if I do get it. I'm not saying I will. And that's how we will know. So that show was great. What next? Oh, oh, here we are. Steve Fury, how do you have this fucking view that you have right now? And that's easy. Um, this is my boy Julian's spot, Julian Naglar. Um, how do I know him? He's a Sacktown boy, 916, coming with 9-inch dicks. We out here, baby. Lame pipe. Plumber's Union, 69420. Um, I think I used to sell him weed in high school, but that wasn't when we were friends. That was just a guy. He's a private school kid that I didn't really know. He's about two years younger than me, maybe a year younger than me, um, that we weren't really friends with. So the when we became really good friends, and uh, or you, I would say he's a pretty good friend of mine, to be honest with you, um, is when we went to Tahoe together when I was about 23 with Vance, Sheck Shepard, one of my best buds from high school. It was Julian, uh, one of his buddies, and uh, we all just hit it off. We rented this fucking boat, smashed around the lake the whole time, had some girls. I didn't have any girls. They had girls, but still fun united mind being the third wheel i didn't my bed to myself it was only for two days but we linked up to then and since then julian has fucking he's been fucking with me man he's been he's been uh coming to all my shows when i have him out here bringing his friends like his big with buddy bill big bill he's a badass lawyer out here it's kind of funny to say when people are younger than you and now they're fucking lawyers so how does julian have a sick place like this uh he was one of the youngest people working at facebook before they got public and uh Man put in his time. I mean, he's fucking younger than me, but he put in probably 10 years working his ass off. And now, I don't even know if he works. Like, the man's just on vacation all the time. So, he let me come here, chill, and uh, that's led to me not going out, which is the weirdest thing, you know? Like I said, I've been on the road since April 1st, every weekend. And if you know me, um, if you're a fan of me, or you've hung out with me, you know I like to tie it on. Like to have a little bit of a good time, go late, do whatever we gotta do, and that's a good time, you know. And it's a lot more fun though when you do it twice a month, two weekends a month, or one week in a month. You go as hard as you can, uh, back to back to back to back to back to back to back. It starts weighing on you, man. And it's probably because I'm 32 now. Now I take naps. Never used to take naps before, and now I'm not sure if the hangover is worth the being drunk. Also, though, I don't really get hangovers that often. I'm kind of a pro at this. But, so coming up here, man, having this view, which is fucking insane, and then I haven't partied. I haven't drank or anything. I mean, I've drank, like, you know, tall boy, a couple beers here and there, maybe a couple drinks at night. But, I mean, to be honest with you, it probably would take me six beers if it's, like, a lager before I even feel anything. And then drinks, if they're strong... Four. About four shots before I feel a little buzz. And I know what you're thinking. Steve, you're lying. I'm not. See, the thing is, is when you're when you're grown in the darkness of the comedy store, which I think is a fucking light because it's one of the best places in the world, um, and you're friends with people, and you're a cool guy with the bartenders, and you help them. They pour you about three-quarters of tequila in each drink. 
and I would smash five, six of those a night, close to probably half a bottle to three-quarters of a bottle of tequila. And then after a while, you just your tolerance goes up. So me drinking a little bit doesn't really do anything, which is also a lot of times why I don't thoroughly enjoy drinking just like a few beers. I'm starting to get into it, man. I'm really starting to see how much I'm turning into my fucking dad in that way. I mean, I'm drinking a tall boy at 1230 right now. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I'm working right now. I work better on a couple beers. Just think if you'd work better on a couple beers, people should give you a couple beers. Whatever. Uh, So up here I have been doing comedy on the bay. Yeah, one thing about Julian also, you know, man's been supporting me the whole time. Every time I come up here, he brings his friends. Um, I've been able to watch him become successful and do all this cool shit and it's just cool man it's just cool when you see your friends work hard work their asses off for things and do it and they become successful am i jealous no not at all i mean i don't i mean if would i have taken this lifestyle it's pretty fucking cool but i mean i would probably have killed myself if i couldn't do stand-up this is what I've always supposed to do. This is what I always wanted to do. Um, I remember the day I wanted to do it. I was 15. I was dating this girl, Sarah Rosenblum, my first love. And we were in her car, and we were all talking shit, and we were all talking about what we wanted to do. I was a sophomore. She was a senior. <laughs> How you doing there, guys? Yeah. Um, and we all talked about what we wanted to do, and then it was my turn. They were like, what do you want to do with your life? And I never, I didn't know. I always kind of was like, I guess I'll be a PE teacher just because that seemed really easy. Um, and I could like throw balls at kids and stuff. And I like kids, man. I'm pretty good with kids and animals and stuff like that. So I thought that was what I was going to do. And then I was like, I don't know. And then they said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, I like to make people laugh. And then they said, well, why don't you try to be a stand-up comedian? And saying that is like saying, you know, why don't you be a movie star? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And... I didn't think it was real, but from that day on, I started writing on my cell phone. I had a little notepad in my cell phone. I would write jokes all the time. And then now I'm here. So I'm very happy for Julian for being a fucking baller, working his ass off, having this sick-ass apartment. And I'm happy for what I'm doing. What has happened? So I've been doing comedy on the bay. So this is pretty interesting show. If you follow me, you've seen the pictures. Uh, breathtaking pictures. Breathtaking. One of the most beautiful shows I've ever done in my life. Um, we've done two shows a night, Friday, Saturday, two more to Sunday tonight on Memorial Day weekend. And, uh, it's great. I would say cold as fucking balls, like aggressively cold. It's as beautiful as it is cold is what I would say there. Um, would I do it again? Yeah, it was a great time. Money was good. Crowds are good. People are still happy to come out. Luckily, I knew it was going to be cold because my bud Craig Conan, you guys know Craigie boy, Craigie did it a couple weeks, maybe a month before mine. I think this is monthly they do this. Oh, fuck. Do I got hiccups? And he goes, it's a great show. Do it. Cold as fuck. So I brought some long underwears. And if you're a, a white trash guy like me, you know, we've got long johns. Long johns. You wear them. I'm going to start. I think I'm going to start wearing them in L.A. Just start really embracing, you know, who I am as a person. And uh, long johns. So I've just been long johning it up. It's been good. It's been great. The shows have been fun. Um, I'm only doing 30 minutes, so my 30 is pretty good. I can hit it, bada, 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 and it's been working out. Did see that uh, Pac Bell had changed his name to AT&T and then changed his name to Oracle Arena now. So that sucks that just people just changed. I feel like arena names should, it should be like a 10 or 20-year lease here. I shouldn't have to rename the fucking arena 
every time I hear about it. Like if I just change my kid's name at 13, like, yeah, he was a Chad, but I think he's more of a Dave now. That was a stupid joke. So what else did I do? Oh, I hung out with my buddy Frank Castillo for a while. Um, He hit me up on uh, Friday. He goes, hey, man, you want to go to get barbecue? I go, sure, let's get barbecue. He says, meet me here. It's in fucking Oakland. I go, all right. I drive from the Mission to Oakland. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even bring up this. I drove my buddy Julian's car. Julian has a sick-ass Porsche McCann Turbo S. Uh, that thing was fun to drive. Holy moly. If you get a choice to do, do that, do, it's a small, it's like the Cayenne, the Porsche Cayenne, the SUV, but a smaller version and souped out to the max. And that thing was fun to drive. You get to put it in the sport mode and it's... <laughs> It sounds like a fucking, like a race car, man. I'm just flying around. It was a really good time. I drove out to this show, or this uh, barbecue place. I get there, pull up. It's in front of a house. I go, uh, hey, man, uh, I think you gave me the wrong address. I'm in front of a house. He goes, no, that's it. So I walk up there, and it's uh, it's got an incredible view of the bay. Of the bay. Um, but it's definitely a drug dealing house. Yeah, it's a legal drug dealing house because it's in Oakland, so they're just selling weed and this other stuff, and it's a good time. Very uh, a lot of Mexican dudes in the beginning, um, but you know I'm pretty familiar with this kind of scene because I, you know, like I've said before, I sold drugs for a really long time, so I did all this kind of stuff, and it was fun. You know, they we did the dabs. There's a lot of definitely Mexican machismo stuff kind of going on with like the drug dealer guy talking about fighting and stuff. And, it was good. Did a dab. Lost my fucking mind. Got so goddamn high. Ate some great tacos they made. It was fun, though. But it was definitely... Uh, it reminded me of being a kid, man. When I used to go hang out with my buddy Chad DeBox. R.I.P. to that fella. He was a good buddy of mine, man. Uh, he passed away about two years ago. He um, That guy had lived a crazy-ass life, to be honest with you. He was uh, one of the more badass dudes. Very scary guy. Really cool, man, but until you got, got him drunk, you know, it's kind of like a lot of these things. When you hang out with these drug dealers or somewhat scary people, they're really chill until they get drunk. And then they kind of fucking suck. And then they, like, try to pick on you and stuff like that. So when Chad wasn't like that, he was a great hang, man. I remember all these kind of stories and shit we would do. I remember, oh, man, I remember going to these parties because I would always drive them. So, like, he kind of had a gang. It wasn't really a gang, but it was a group of guys that would. Sell drugs, rob people, do that kind of stuff. I wasn't in that. I was kind of like a moon. If they were Earth, I was a moon. I would go around it. I would, you know, maybe at sometimes if there was a guy who moved in my neighborhood that was selling drugs, I could point out to him. They would probably go rob him. Then they'd sell me his weed very cheap. This is a long time ago. I'm talking this is like 22 years old, so 10 years ago. And so when I brought this stuff was so when I go to this party with Frank, I felt pretty comfortable. You know, I've been around the guys like this. You kind of just go, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. Kind of don't look at them. If someone's eyeing you, what I always do is I either yawn or burp. Um, that one tends to break the tension. That's without me going like, what or fuck you looking at or seeming scared. It's just being like, this is just another day for old Stevie boy. I'm not scared of you guys. So. Um, Oh, man, I remember one time me and Chad went up to this, went up to the mountains to go buy a bunch of weed, a bunch of weed. Like, I think it was a 10-pack. A 10-pack would be 10 pounds. So once you get into 10 packs, at the time, I haven't done this in a long time. I don't know what the prices were. The the price falls dramatically, okay? It goes from, like, you know, 
1800 for a great pound of weed, 2000 for a great pound of weed to 1900 bucks. So once you get in the 10 packs, that's when you start making money. So we go up there to go to the 10 pack. It's like at this like trailer park, like four trailers, but they're all friends. I think they're growing weed in a couple of the trailers. We go there, there's a bunch of small mountain white guys. You know the mountain white guys? They got like a beard, they're wearing like a Hurley shirt, even though Hurley hasn't been cool in 10 years. They're skate, they're still in skate shoes and they're stained red. Because they're in fucking clay. And they're pretty short, these guys. I'm not saying all mountain people are short. But these guys were short. And we're going up there. And we all start getting pretty drunk. And um, then these little guys keep getting start getting mouthy. And keep in mind, Chad, my buddy, is a 6'8 black guy. Um, big. I'm probably 350. Uh, but not fat. Just a large human being. You know what I mean? And these guys start talking shit to him, and then we fight him. I'm fighting one guy. I'm doing my own, beating up. I mean, he's a little bit guy than me. And I look over, and I see Chad kicking the shit out of literally seven to eight guys. Just bink, 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 bink. And then uh, we left, and we bought the weed, and it was honestly just, I feel like, another day in Chad's life. Like, he didn't even, it wasn't even going home. Like, you know, if I would have done that with my friends, I would have been talking about it for four weeks. On the way home, I would have been like, what the fuck? Just Chad was just like, hey, you want to go get in and out I'll buy you in and out He was a cool guy, man. Um, I really thought he was getting his life straight. He went to jail. He went to jail for really, he, actually, when he went to jail is when I stopped doing all the bad stuff because I wasn't like, I was starting to get good at stand-up. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a chart, you know, as the weed thing goes down, the stand-up goes up, and I just think, I don't want to go to jail. So what happened to Chad was, the guy would get drunk, man. He would get really drunk, and then he'd get wild. When he was sober, he was pretty normal, but he'd get drunk and wild. So he's out at, uh, he had like a house in the country, and he was getting blacked out at a party, and then he went home. And apparently, he had gone into the wrong house, sat on their couch with a gun in his lap, and passed out. So this normal fa- <laughs> family walk out of their bedroom in the morning and see a 6'8 black dude wearing all, he would always wear all black uh, sweats, like the pro T sweats, top and bottom, black shoes, <laughs> with a gun in his lap. And then he went to jail for three or four years, man. That's kind of when I got out of it, so... Honestly, thank you, Chad. Thank you for helping me get through stuff, and thank you for going to jail and stopping doing what you did because it made me stop, and now I get to be here doing this podcast. Is that a good story? Are people going to get weird about that story? I don't think so. I think it'll be fine. So Comedy on the Bay was fun. Oracle Arena. Oh, the barbecue. So we're getting to that barbecue, and the guys are like just trying to get me. I don't know. It's It had a little bit of the vibe from training day when they're, they were really into getting me fucked up. So I guess these guys, they legally sell weed, and they legally sell mushrooms. And so they're just trying to get me fucked up, trying to get me take all these mushrooms and stuff. I kind of bail. Um, my buddy Alan, who was doing the shows with me, he leaves early. Um, the vibe gets a little weird. And then this one guy comes in. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he comes in with like a $30,000 bong. Let me repeat that again. This weird kind of white guy, same kind of white guy I've seen before in these things. They're always a little stringy, seem a little weird. He comes in with a $30,000 bong, and I just start asking him, why the fuck would anyone buy this bong? The longer we get into it, he calls them trap trophies. So, 
as in meaning he sold so much weed that he now has this trap trophy that he's allowed to show people to show how good he is. Once he said that, I understood what he, what he meant. And so these bongs, when you buy them, if you've ever seen a guy wearing, it's like a glass square on a gold chain. Like it's just, it looks like weed shop glass. It's like a design. It looks pretty, but it looks kind of fucking stupid in my opinion. So apparently when you buy a f- like the whole set of these like, thirty forty thousand dollar bongs you get this little square of glass that's very intricate and very beautiful and then you wear that around your neck to show people that hey i have a bongs at my house worth 30 40 50 60 grand and that's how you stun on other drug dealers now if you're a weed dealer so met that guy all that stuff was cool and as i'm in the i'm kind of in the kitchen and uh when i turn around in the other room, there's six duffel bags of high-grade marijuana. And four, there's a white guy, two black guys, and a Mexican guys holding an amount of money that I could only describe as a foot of money. You know, like the whole rapper cell phone foot of money. So, to be honest, it's legal what they're doing. But I, And I wasn't that scared, but I was just more like, I wasn't scared about the weed I was more worried about being around that much money. Because the weed, especially in the Bay Area, Northern California, that's here. But you don't want to be around $70,000 worth of cash and all these bongs. So, time's coming to an end. I didn't do any mushrooms, just smoked a little weed. Um, Left, ate a taco, ate a fucking like seven or eight tacos. I definitely took advantage of those tacos. Left, went to the show. Shows were great. Had a great time. Had a great weekend. And that's it. Hopefully that was a little bit of an interesting thing in my past. So once again, we are talking about the hammers of Erkuska, Artem, and Afriv and Nikita Litkin, and also Russian serial killer Alexander Pushkin. So this one, this episode is a Robin Fitch McCullough episode and me. So what happened is Robin, I gave him two names of two different people to do, and he did them both in one episode. So it wasn't enough time. So I then did some uh, Alexander Pushkin stuff. So we're going to mix those together. This thing's going to go long. It's going to go good. We got Dayud Neymar coming on. Um, I'm happy he's going to be on here. Thanks for listening, guys. I love you guys. You're the best. Keep on listening. Share it with your friends, you know. This stuff's just going to get better. I'm going to get better guests. Once the comedy store opens and I can go in their basement, I'm going to be able to get better people. We got some sick episodes coming up. We got uh, Dr. Joe Hoffswell, assistant professor at WKU Western Kentucky University, just put in a lot of effort into the 18th Street Gang episode. I mean, this one's going to be a two- to three-parter. We've got what they do in America. We've got what they do in Central Africa. We've got how they started. we got where they are now. we got what their gang territories are in L.A. That one's coming up. I don't know if it's going to come next week, but it's on the horizon. I feel I need to get someone good. Do I need to get someone famous? Do I need to get someone funny? Do I need to get someone that I have charisma with? I think I need to get someone that I have all of that. So I'm still thinking of who I want. We also have another Serbian mafia well, not another. These guys are Serbian, but this one's the Serbian Mafia. And this is another Robin Fitch McCullough. And this bad boy is sweet. That one's sick. And I also got one on the history of motorcycle gangs in America coming up. So we got some great stuff coming, guys. Some stuff I love, some stuff you love. A bunch of sicko shit that we are here for. Once again, thank you for tuning in. My name is Steve Fury. This is World on Drugs. 
the episode is the Hammers of Rakuska, Artem and Ufriv and Nikita Litkin, also Russian serial killer Alexander Pushkin. Bye-bye, Pachushkin. Bye-bye, Pachushkin. Bye-bye. All right, Deyu, Neymar, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't see our faces, but we got a hell of a background here. It's such a nice background. Yeah. It was a ni- it's a nice place, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm sure people have died here. Yeah, or died so my buddy could have this. Yeah, so that. <laughs> there's definitely been some elite uh, murderers here. So this episode is about the Hammers of Erkutska. The guy's name is Artem Anunofriv and Nikita Litkin. And we're also going to do a little deep dive, a little small in little dive into Russian serial, serial killer Alexander Pachushkin. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, when you got these kind of names, you know these guys are going to be very, one, very charming. Yeah. Very handsome. First question, you can see these guys. That's a new Freev. Uh-huh. That's the other guy. My question about Russian people, why are they always greasy hair? Very greasy. It, it's. I'm surprised they're not wearing tracksuits, though. That's the only thing missing. I mean, I, these guys, actually, some of their pictures are so funny. They just look like little, like, uh, um... You know what's crazy? That hair is like in style now. Yeah, you it's definitely. Come back. They got middle parts, or that one does at least. Yeah, this one's actually kind of a new Friv's hair is pretty good. Litkin is just disgusting Russian haircut. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that that was a molested haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's greasy. Yeah, it's like, I've never met a Russian without greasy hair unless it's a woman. But you know, yeah, starting off with racism and this thing's pretty good. That's exactly. I'm here just to uh, make fun of Russians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, October fourth, nineteen ninety two. Artyom Alexandrovich Anufriv is born. That's one of the guys. Is that the part? That's the part guy. Okay. So he is half Iranian. That's okay. going to come into being a problem for them later because... Really? Uh, it's my fellow Iranians, <laughs> they're very nice people. I have my best yeah. friends are Iranian. Yeah, yeah. Does he work at dealership? No, he's a comedian, Hormos Rashidi. Oh, funny guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. But he, uh, he is Iranian too. So the problem is these both are going to be... They're going to be try to be weird racist neo-Nazis. Uh, well, you know what's crazy about that? Iranians are technically more Aryan. Oh, yeah, right? Because that's air. That's like, they're yeah. like the purest white people. Yeah. But, you know, they're hairy, so people don't think yeah. consider them white. Yeah, Hormos is actually my skin color. He's just got yeah. kind of darker hair. About a couple months later, on March 24th, 1993, Nikita Litkin is born. These are the two sources of this story, the Hammers. In the early 2000s, Anufriv is beaten by a group of Armenian boys. The Armenian family is ordered to pay 50,000 rubles, around 600 bucks, in compensation. Anufriv's mother notes a rapid decline in his mental health and stability. That's a pretty good deal, though. $600 for an ass whooping? <laughs> yeah, I would just walk around the tenderloin with 100 bucks on my back. Yeah, just being the shit of people. <laughs> <laughs> just sprinkling change on them. Oh, you took it from the other way. Yeah, I took it from getting beat up. No, no, right. just going around beating the shit. I paid six hundred dollars to someone's ass. Yeah, dude, that's some hostile type of action. That is good for six hundred dollars. That's smart. I, you went the other way. You zigged and I zigged. Yeah, I'm a it. terrible human being. Oh, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I was I was gonna be a little cuck and get beaten for six hundred dollars. No, dude, I'm the that's masochist. Yeah, you're, you're the, the sadist. Yeah, it's the perfect team. I like it. A new Freev's mother notes a rapid decline in his mental health and stability. Just keeps notes. Nothing else. No doctor. Don't want to maybe call in the rapid deterioration of mental health of your eight-year-old son. That's that's the most Russian thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Just having to be like, this kid's getting retarded. <laughs> this kid is getting retarded <laughs> so slowly. And the notes actually just get more retarded as they go. It just, it's just with crayon after a while. All right. So when we say retarded, we're not talking about mentally handicapped people. We're talking about two serial killers. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, that's not what I meant. Oh, you meant the other one. I meant I'm the other one. 
Listen, the <laughs> 350 people that listen to us are going to cancel us. <laughs> Early 2004, Litkin fails to pass a critical mathematics test in school. His grades and mental health deteriorate. Middle 2004, Litkin meets and befriends Anufriv. Anufriv is already considered an outsider and is liked. Due to their friendship, Litkin loses most of his previous group of friends. Number one, pretty cool of Litkin to befriend the bumbling idiot that was Anufriv. Yeah. That's, but I feel like the cool kids never know math. That's true. So, like, maybe he thought, this kid's an idiot. He's probably fucking, he fucks. Yeah, he lo- he long cons. He goes, he sees, like, a, it's like a Bitcoin, it's like a coin. You're like, exactly. no one's getting this, but I see it's attached to Ethereum, so one day it's going to go. Yeah, this, exactly. This guy's Ethereum. More like a Doge coin. <laughs> yeah, Doge, and it's Do- yes. lost a few, few grand on that one. <laughs> Imagine meeting a kid with severe brain damage just being like, I think we got a lot in common. You love to drool and pick your belly button. I love to drill and pick my belly button. And how 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 cool of a new friend would you have to have to lose all your other old friends? That's hard, man. That's like, a hard thing because, like, you know what? It's like, hey, man, you guys are cool, but we have matching helmets, so you can go <laughs> fuck yourself. We both rode here on a tricycle. Yeah. And, uh, you guys are already a tandem bipedal. tricycle. <laughs> you guys are already bipedal, and it's not really me and a new Freeves. Uh, vibe what are some things you ditch all your old friends for if your new friend had them a gun a gun that's all it takes that's all it takes cool gun fuck you guys guys. (laughs) this guy has a gun that's how rare they are in san francisco yeah exactly if you go to texas you're gonna have a lot of friends too many friends also here you go how big a fucking weirdo would you have to be for every one of your friends to be like nah we're out both out on all y'all bummy motherfuckers <laughs> that was a what, that's an interesting <laughs> statement I said. Yeah, <laughs> Word, worded very weird. very weirdly. Uh, so like the friends what, were just like, nah, fuck both of you. Yeah, like what if like let's say I started being friends with a guy and then you were like, I can't be friends with you anymore either. Oh yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know, like someone who like talks in their sleep or grinds their teeth. I do both of those things. Damn. Well, <laughs> I guess this friend. I have to leave. You're you're able to make friends and lose them very quickly. Yeah, dude. I I have a weird spectrum. Yeah, that these kids are both on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be on it too. You're pushing people away. Okay, so he there's friends. Fuck both of them all. And keep in mind, both these kids are about 12 years old. Oh shit, they're actually hell young. Yeah. So me, it's very simple. Yeah. If I was 12 years old and one of my friends, I had to ditch him because he started to hang out with the Yu-Gi-Oh card kids. Okay, you were a Pokemon kid? I'm a Pokemon guy. Respect. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon people, I felt, would play them on top of a table, whereas Yu-Gi-Oh! kids would be, like, on the ground. That's very true. You know? It's a very specific. To me, the Pokemon kids actually didn't know what they were, how to play. They just had them and collected them. That's true. And the Yu-Gi-Oh! kids, like, had, like, a whole system, and they were, like, fight. And are you? What are you? How are you? 32? Are you my age? I'm 31, yeah. 31. I'm a little younger. You might have been more Yu-Gi-Oh! then. I was a little bit of both. And that's why this podcast is taking a bad turn. Yeah, I'm finding out how much I hate you. In the way, the heart of the cards next to me. 2007, (laughs) the pair become fascinated with the 2006 case of Alexander Pachushkin, a serial killer in Moscow alleged to have killed 49 victims in parks and sewers. It's really only one park and really only one sewer. It's a fucking Ninja Turtle over here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Shredder. This is how Shredder. Shredder. Pushkin started as Shredder. (laughs) <laughs> just in the sewers. Isn't that a red flag, though? To me, I, I the whole story, I'm going to blame on the police and their weird-ass mothers. This kid is probably around 15 now. Yeah. And if your kid starts loving weird serial killers... I think that's a normal thing. Yeah. Most kids like serial killers, right? It's like Pokemon serial killers. 
I did like serial killers. I think serial killers come into people's psyche when you're a little older, you know, like mid-20s. Yeah. You start getting into all that kind of That's stuff. That's fair. I feel like just Serbian mothers don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think as long as you're, like, not torturing cats and shit in front of them, even that would probably be acceptable. Yeah, I would. They're just like, hey. I don't know if they the have lines. I don't know either. Or rights. Or right. Yeah, I don't. Their whole thing is just. <laughs> what like, about the fathers? This is a little misogynistic take. He didn't get. He wasn't in there. And we're oh, actually going to learn. Okay. We're actually going to learn a little later that she, she would uh, bestow, instow, whatever it is, to their kids to hate people. She seemed like quite a fucking mm. nightmare of a human being. Okay. Now we brought up Alexander Petrushkin's murder, and this is we're going to go in a little deep dive on this one, so you guys can understand what these guys liked, mainly because the podcast was a little short. Um, we don't really do uh, serial killers on here. I'm only fo- I'm only focus focus on uh, drug dealers across the country or in drug the world. Yeah, that's what I normally do. What's People uh, have never heard what, of. What's the serial killer angle this time? <sighs> you know what I want? It was just you got bored with drugs. I'm going to be honest with you. It's pretty hard to find a lot of these guys. Okay. So I'm tr- and then try to go into gangs. The hardest part is when I start getting into other countries. A lot of the things are written in other languages. Uh, okay. So this one, I just started to s- set it up. I thought these guys, with all the sick shit that both of these Russian thought there be some drugs were, involved? Yeah, and they're not. They're just Russian. They're just Russian. They're just Russian. There's, There's probably some vodka involved. <laughs> there is. Actually, Alexander Pushkin's murders, what he killed people with, is my favorite thing. And what, he can even what he killed them with? What he uh, lured that you can lure, lure. Oh my God! No way! You can lure any Russian or Serbian person anywhere if you promise them cigarettes and vodka. Dude, I literally just pictured him with like a box and a stick <laughs> with a vodka underneath it, it's like a pop up with a pack of Marlboros. Yeah, He's dude. Like, Come here, buddy. buddy. Come here, if you like. Yeah. Oh man, well, that's good to know. All right, we're going to go into Alexander Pushkin's murders uh, right here now. Here we go, man. We're going straight to the murders. That's what he is, looks like. He's relatively, uh, not handsome, but not ugly either. Just kind of. He's got an Uber driver vibe. Very Uber driver. He looks like the, the GTA GTA guy. He looks exactly like the GTA guy. Who the fuck? Perfect. You know what I'm Nico or some shit? Yeah, Nico. It's yeah. Nico. I mean, you could probably say any Russian person looks like a form of Nico. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so we're normally we do a lot more timeline stuff. We're just going to jump into all his murders because we got a little bit to go here. On July 27, 1992, 18-year-old Petushkin committed his first murder. He planned on killing people with friend Mikhail Aduchkik, who thought he was only joking. When Aduchkik <laughs> realized... <laughs> Imagine that one. You're like, hey, you want to go out and kill some pussy tonight? Like, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. do. And he literally was like, oh, now what I... Okay, yeah. well... So, and then things go bad for him. Uh, when Aduchkik realized that his classmate was being serious he tried to back out of the situation enraged Petrushkin struck his friend with a hammer and pushed his body into a well three days later Petrushkin was questioned by the police about Oduchkit's death there was some evidence pointing to his guilt but nothing ever came out of the investigation that's why I never never live next to a well you nothing know, good goes in a well bro that's why I had you here buddy because you got you're able to see the future the thing about this well and the thing about Petrushkin is he dumps bodies in it for the next 10 years. Holy shit. They never put a top on the well. That's, do you think he still drinks the water? So, okay, so this is another thing. The more research I did, I think well got transferred into sewer. Okay. Like translated into sewer and we didn't get it right. Mm, So it's not a literal well. It's more like a hole. It's a hole. It's a hole. It's a hole. And he <laughs> it's a good old Russian hole <laughs> really that he's just throwing bodies in. It's probably a body hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, honestly, there's probably he's probably in a line. Yeah. Like, this is where you put old carpets? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone carpet leaking? <laughs> so 
Alexander had an affinity with this well, I've come to learn, and a lot of wells in Serbia. Never a good sign when your society, when you have to get your water from a hole in the ground. No, nah, that's not good. Also, imagine drinking water for weeks and being like, this tastes like a little achishkish <laughs> Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Okay, I, thought that was a, I thought that was a word. And then ish. I tried okay. to. Do, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. To do, do a Russian name and add ish is it's, not. It's, well, because it becomes more Russian. It, just, <laughs> because <laughs> it gets super Saiyan Russian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Dave, do you fuck with Wells? Nah, man. Not a, I fucking hate Wells, man. Ever since the grudge. Yeah. The, the ring, the grudge, all that. Yeah. I mean, oh, what? the ring. The grudge. I don't, maybe the grudge. But the ring definitely had a well. Grudge. And the that. ringu. Yeah, the Ringu, the Korean one. Yeah. See, I don't fuck with wells. I don't think anything good has ever come from a well. You go, the Ring, Adishkis, Lassie. Lassie never brought anyone to a well, and they're like, hey, someone <laughs> dropped 50K inside this. Yeah. It's always a fucking baby. It's always Timmy. He got stuck again. Also, here's the thing about wells. Put a top on them. Yeah. I feel like, what, does it collect water? Or is it like, there's water from the, because there's like water in the ground? I don't know how wells work. I don't know either. There's, there's not like rainwater going there? I think it's ground well. Like you, there's a swell of water underneath and you drink And you drink that? Water. Do they boil it? I mean, they, bo- they boil everything in this fucking... These guys. Yeah, look fucking hawk, dude. Hawk. Pachishkin claimed to have committed another murder later in 1992. His girlfriend, Olga, had broken up with him and started to date his friend, Sergei. Pushkin disposed of his romantic rival by throwing him out of window. Sergei's death was declared to be a suicide. That well, was justified. Yeah, I mean, if you're... Buddy, Bro-code. Brocode, for sure. Brocode is death. Brocode is, uh, see, the, people never follow the last part of that. It's bros over hoes, and then if your hoe picks your bro, you murder him. Yeah. That's like, yeah, or, la- yeah throw him in a well. Throw him in a well. This, yeah. No, he threw him out of a fucking apartment. Holy shit. That's actually, <laughs> and he called it a suicide. And he called it a suicide. So right now, so far, Pachishkin has murdered a guy in a well near his house. Mm-hmm. His ex-girlfriend's boyfriend he threw out a window, and the police. Nothing. Nothing. What years were this, roughly? Two thousands about early, late nineties, early two thousands. This is God a damn. Oh no, this is nineteen ninety two. Okay, the technology. Your eyes? I mean, you're just common sense. These fucking police. It's gonna get even worse. Oh yeah. man. And I've seen videos of Alexander. It's not like he's super charming. He's got like a throw dude of out of window vibe to me. <laughs> Though probably most Serbians have that. Yeah. <laughs> May ninth, May seventeenth, two thousand one. Patrishkin was in Bitska Park. That's the same park he threw the last guy in that well. Playing chess with a man named Yevingi Pronin. When the game ended, he invited Pronin to take a walk with him. Patrishkin, who used to own a dog, told him it was the anniversary of his beloved pet's death, and that he wanted to visit his grave. Pronin accompanied him, and they reached an isolated spot in the park. Patrishkin then proceeded to bring out a bottle of vodka and offered him a drink, which he accepted. The two men drank to a toast to the dog before Pachishkin suddenly bludgeoned Pertonin and dumped his body into a nearby well. Is it a different well? I've been trying to figure out. Oh that my out. god! It just, is Russia just wells everywhere? It's, how many? This is not a park. Yeah. This is a, this is a water distribution plant. <laughs> He's just like a raging waters. <laughs> <laughs> just killing people while eating nachos. <laughs> He's got that big turkey lake you get. Just a giant lollipop. This guy's here every day. This dude plays chess here. He's one of the weirdos. Okay, I'll get in that one. He plays chess here every day, and he dumps yeah. bodies in the fucking... How do the police, so far, just not get on? And how many wells are in this fucking park? You know what it is. The, the cops are playing checkers. He's <laughs> <laughs> playing chess hey, there. Good. I like that one. It's great. <laughs> Imagine being like, hey, let's go to the park. Uh, make sure you don't trip into a well. 
We could we could go to the park, run around a well, eat on a well, maybe summon some demonic demonic spirits from a well. I remember growing up, all my best times happened around a fucking well. <laughs> and you took him to a graveyard first? No, no, no. Yeah, I guess for yeah. his dog. I guess he, like that's a great place to throw a body. I'm sure, there's some empty plops. Yeah, imagine if I was like, "Hey, dude, you want to come visit my dog's grave?" And you're like, "Sure, sure." And I took you to like Dolores Park. Like, I don't think you can. <laughs> you just take me to a well. <laughs> <laughs> so I buried my dog. <laughs> you should look if he's in there. Yeah. Honk, honk, honk. In 2002, the body of a woman was found with metal stakes hammered into her brain. Shit. Pachishkin would let her claim he murdered Olga, his ex-girlfriend, and that the corpse was hers. However, this hasn't been confirmed. So. They can't even identify the body? They can't, no. And they don't know where Olga goes. So right now, Pushkin has murdered two random people in the park he plays chess in every day. Yeah. He has thrown his ex-girlfriend's boyfriend out of a, uh, out of a fucking building. And he just murdered his ex-girlfriend by putting stakes in her head. And the fucking police have no goddamn idea. Well, you know, I can't. We gotta, that's why we, we can't defund the police. We need to give them more money. <laughs> yeah, we need it. I mean, something. These guys. Also, here's an idea. When people are getting murdered, check the guys playing chess in the park. Always. Always. That's the first guy I check. I've never met a guy in chess playing park, and I was like, this guy seems cool. 100%. And, uh, and Pretty sure that's what the whole plot of Queen's Gambit was. Yeah, she murdered people. That's yeah, she just, <laughs> just killed Russians. It's going to be a Dexter collabo where he goes after <laughs> or whatever her name is. Maria Vredachiva was one of the very few people lucky enough to survive Pachushkin. Mm. On February 23rd, 2002, he lured the pregnant saleswoman into Bitska Park and pushed her into the same fucking well where most of his victims were disposed of. <laughs> yeah, I, I love wells now. The wells are fucking hilarious. Imagine there was a park in... Like, four people have been found in that well. You would stay the fuck away stay from that well. Stay the fuck away. You wouldn't be like, let's look in this well. I'm yeah. pregnant. <laughs> you want to go take a walk around well fucking doom out? A alley? pregnant saleswoman is also a funny image. Yes. Because I see her, like, trying to sell vacuums or some shit. Yeah. Probably potatoes, if I could guess. Fair enough. <laughs> to ferment. Is that racist? Am I allowed to be racist against Russian people? I think so. Yeah, they're white. And f- potatoes not... That's an Irish thing, so it's not racist. No, they eat that shit. They have very weird f- f- flavored foods there. I'm not a huge Russian cuisine guy. I don't. I don't even know Russians ate food. What? Well, what? It's normally dirt that they saute in a pan with <laughs> snow. All right, my four <laughs> Russian listeners are calling. <laughs> just, yeah, super upset. I'm gonna be Tony Hinchcliffe after this. Nice. Yeah, just go up there and. I don't. What's a Russian slur? Ruski, Ruski, Ruski. Ah. Ru- but it's not. It's not even word. that bad. No. Yeah. When she. Cl- oh shit! So how did she survive? When she clung to the sides. He held her by the hair and smashed her head against the concrete walls repeatedly before she finally fell. He left, believing her to be dead. Fortunately, she survived and managed to climb out of the well without suffering a miscarriage. She climbed out of the well? She climbed out of the well with a baby, head smashed into the side of the well. Didn't have a miscarriage. Holy, I don't, I feel like wells aren't easy to climb out of. No. Like I think getting your face smashed into the side of a well. That's honestly not as important as you're just climbing a well, even healthy. I mean, this is this is the... She's bouldering. This bitch is bouldering. I think this is how the Black Widow started from <laughs> uh, Marvel. There we go. That's, That's a good origin story. I was trying to do that one. Yeah. Um, Vitacheva reported the crime back to the police, but since she was an illegal immigrant, there it is. she was forced to drop her claim that Pachushkin had attempted to kill her. 
What the fuck is going on with the police there? That's pretty lit. You can just kill immigrants? I don't know that was a rule. That is that does sound fun. <laughs> You're right. Here's six hundred dollars. You're I'm gonna fucking just murder this immigrant right now. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. You look about Russia, you can beat someone <laughs> retarded yeah. for six hundred dollars. <laughs> you can beat up immigrants. Pregnant immigrants. Pregnant. Damn, I don't know that was a rule. That's crazy. I know where I'm doing spring break this year. Oh yeah, we're going to Moscow, dude. We're going to my, we're going to Bitska Park. <laughs> yeah, dude, with Bitska a stick Park. and just <laughs> and a bucket for the well, dude. <laughs> and a stack of cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a strip club? Yeah. <laughs> Who needs beat? fucking human pin- pinatas, dude? <laughs> so these people are a different breed, man. Another oh sur- another survivor was Mikhail Lobov, a teenage skater. On March 10, 2002, after being led to Pachishkin, by Pachushkin into Bitska Park. With the promise of cigarettes and <laughs> vodka, he was struck over the head and pushed into the same well. You would be monitoring this well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a sting for this well, I feel like. Just put one guy Just watching the wells. <laughs> you can lead a Serbian anywhere with cigarettes and vodka. Not two expensive things. Oh, right. man. Thinking that the boy was dead, Pachishkin left the scene. Luckily, Lobov's jacket in, had gotten cotton on a piece of metal inside the well, saving him from plummeting into the icy waters. He was able to climb out. Days later, he confronted Pachishkin, only to be a threatened and arrested by the police. Defund the Serbian police. Fuck. So, that's, so now Serbian there's police. like two accusations against this guy. Two accusations against this guy. His ex-girlfriend... Ex-friend and the guy who banged his ex-girlfriend are both dead. And he's murdered three people or attempted to murder three or four people into the same well that he plays chess at every fucking day. Was this kid, like, a minority? Or they're all just Russian? I think he was just a skateboarder. And, like, in Russia, they're like... Yeah, I get it. That's like we a treat skateboarders the same way here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, grow up. You're playing with a child's toy. It's not cool. On November 15th, 2003, a neighbor, Konstantin Polikopov... I mean, these names, guys, yeah, are man, Russian. Was invited for a drink in Bitska Park. Same fucking park. Stop going there, Serbians. <laughs> Pachushkin bludgeoned him with a hammer three times. between. Thro- get, guess where he threw him? Let's take a while. Uh, in the basement. No, you idiot. It was a well. The well. Oh. <laughs> Again, he departed, assuming that his victim was dead. Polikarpov successfully climbed out, but he was suffered head trauma, <laughs> causing him to remember nothing about the attack. <laughs> oh, my God. He got sitcomed? Yeah. <laughs> this is a sitcom episode? He woke up. What happened? <laughs> who are you, you people? Who are you people? <laughs> Why you do you have a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> he was terrified of scaffolding from then on out. Oh, man. I feel like that slow boy on a new Freeve could have figured out this case. I also feel like, at this point, <clears throat> I'm kind of disappointed in the killer. That's three people he's tried to hey, stay a little bit. Make sure they're dead. Yeah. Everybody keeps climbing out of this well. Yeah, definitely like look in the well. Wait a second, be like, hey, this is this isn't this isn't Pachishkin. <laughs> yeah. Do you need help down there? <laughs> this is once again not Pachishkin, I promise. Just another Serbian with cigarettes and vodka. Oh right. Also, how cool would the image be? You see someone like bloodied up coming out of a well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the straight that's the ring, dude. Put him back in. <laughs> Holy shit. Put him back in. This one's pregnant. It's a pregnant <laughs> ghost. <laughs> The police began to take the murders more seriously, finally, when a former policeman named Nikolai Zakarachitkruv turned up dead. 
Murdered on November 16, 2005, his body had been left out in the open instead of being disposed of in a well. Presumably as a sort of challenge for the police. Pachishkin had started to become cocky by leaving bodies out in plain sight, but he was still careful to avoid capture. <laughs> like he just he just gave up on the well. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's not it's not doing it for me. I'm tired of dumping people as well. I'll just leave <laughs> dead murdered cops on the street. I bet what he does next is he just lives leaves his headshot on everybody. He's like, this <laughs> one was done by Just Off the Six in L.A. It's a little stand-up comedy inside. No, yeah, Jim <laughs> Cambridge did this one. Nice. Local SF guy. SF comedy reference. Pachishkin committed his final murder on June 14, 2006. Marina Moskodolovic worked at the same store where another woman... Larissa Kunlegina. Pretty sure these are all ice skaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guys are the ones who kiss the young girls that are ice skaters, and these are the ice skaters. She had been double axling on a well. No. <laughs> frozen well. A frozen well. So she had worked at the same place that someone else had suddenly vanished. She had also been killed by Pachushkin, who was a co-worker on April set 12th. Despite this, Kuliagina's strange disappearance did not seem to phase Moskitoloviv. Assuming she was even aware of it, she took a walk with Petrushkin into Bitsa Park, where he then struck her in the head with a hammer. What Petrushkin did not know was that shortly before going to the well, Moskilovov had left a note for her son, telling him where she was going mm, and who she was. A classic with. note. Classic mom note. Most of us throw those notes away. Yeah, or yeah, hundred percent. I wouldn't look at it. I wouldn't look at it. I don't need to do it. The note had contained his phone number. The boy called Petrushkin, who who told him that he had not seen his mother. Obviously suspicious, the boy informed his father about this, who then proceeded to call the police. Another thing Pushkin was aware of was that Moskilovov's clothing contained a Metro ticket. CCTV footage from the station where she had bought the ticket was reviewed, which displayed Pushkin walking alongside her. Two days later, he was arrested. Holy shit, they had cameras this whole time? I was thinking this is like in a time where cameras didn't exist. This guy's getting away with so much. Yeah, you're right. So no cameras. I mean, I feel like he would just stop giving a fuck. He was leaving bodies out. He was like, well, then most serial killers want to get caught, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah, I think that was his thing. What you're gonna learn why is what he wanted to get caught. Okay, is later is that he want? Or you're gonna learn it literally after two more things. But it's like he was just started like going places to be seen. He'd be like, hey, let's go fucking leave this dead body out. Let's go hang out at Circuit City and just kind of walk around <laughs> looking for stereo systems. Just hammering, just, just hammering computers, just like, <laughs> with the same bloody hammer. Let's buy bulk hammers from Amazon. <clears throat> no one will catch me. I'm fucking Pachushkin. <laughs> one particular piece of evidence against Pachushkin was the fact that he kept a logbook around. <laughs> Said logbook contained 65 squares inside, much like a creepy ass chessboard. Makes sense. Each square represented someone who was killed. 62 had been filled in, which was later lowered to 60 when Pachushkin learned that two of his victims, presumably Virucheva and Polklaprov, had survived. Out of the alleged 60 murders, 48 were confirmed. God damn. That must also be a bummer for him. You ever, like, have, like, a, a gold book or whatever, and you, like, you keep scratching it off every day, and then you have to go back to? That's, like, the worst feeling. It's like, what is it, the Michigan basketball team... F- Five, they got the fat, the fat Five got their championship or their wins. Yeah, so taken get, away. He's getting it revoked. Yeah, it's the worst feeling. Like like he worked hard for that. He worked hard. For, I mean, barely. He just killed someone. Fair enough. The same park he was in, sent him in the same well. It just yeah, it was working. 
know what I'm saying? Like, I know we can knock the style, but <laughs> <laughs> don't break it if it, you know, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Yeah, it's like Tim Dunn. He's just fundamentals. He's fundamentals. Hammer, well, park, <laughs> That's chess. <it. laughs> According to Pachishkin, he idolized Andre Chikatilo. So if you want to learn more about Chikatilo, guys, go on to Time Suck Podcast by Dan Cummings. I think it's his creme de la creme of anything he's done. Um, they go deep into Chikatilo. Um, I take a lot of this podcast is based on some of the stuff he did. That's why I always give a shout out to him. Chikatilo was another serial killer who committed horrific killings in rough Russia. He stated that his goal was to pass his idol's confirmed body count of 52 victims by murdering at least 64 people. Representing you, motherfucker, the number of squares on a chessboard. Pushkin also said that he, that even, Pushkin also said that even if he did reach 64 murders, he would still kill more people unless he was stopped. Damn, but he didn't get those numbers, so he's a bitch. It's Kobe to Michael. It's Kobe to Michael. It's just, it's like he did, he put up a good effort. Put up a good effort. But top, top five. Top, top five. Ten. You know what I'm saying? Does he die in a helicopter crash? <laughs> I think I think he just <laughs> goes he? to jail. And oh starts, really? Yeah, we're learning here. <laughs> On October 27, 2007, Pachishkin was convicted of murder and attempted murder. He asked the Russian court to add more victims to his body count, putting up numbers. Get the jersey in the rafters. That's insane. During his trial, he was kept in a glass cage for his own protection. I don't know what glass can protect me from other than a light drizzle, but sure. <laughs> you know what got through? Words. Words. And that's what hurts <laughs> the most. <laughs> I can still hear people. They're yeah. saying mean things that I'm not Chikatilo. <laughs> the judge took an hour to read the verdict, which was life imprisonment with first 15 years to be sent in solitary confinement. 15 years in solitary confinement. That's rough. This is what we learned about uh, Serbian police. Uh, they suck. Pachishkin, while still in solitary confinement in 2016, married a woman. Who uh, I thought him. she was saying he killed a woman and threw her in a well. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made a well in his He's solitary. just mushing him into the drain pipe. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> but instead of on the wall, it's in the ground. <laughs> and just like a, He has a poster on the floor to cover it. It says, definitely not a well. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up getting married to some dumb bitch. God damn. All right, so that's what these two guys looked up to. All right. So this is their uh who's the guy who's this guy looked up to? These it's, are the next two little freaks, the little hammer boys. Yeah, yeah, but this guy was his idol was Ish Chikatilo. Chikatilo. This is their Chikatilo. This is their Chikatilo. Okay. Back to the Hammers of Rakutska. January to June 2008, a group of teenagers called the Blood Magic Gang killed five homeless men in Irkutska. Um they also had a great song that came out says uh you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it how we there do it is. on the Discovery <laughs> Channel. Well, that is technically what they do on the Discovery Channel. They do, yeah. It's a lot of murder. What was that band? Bloodhound Blood Blood Gang. Gang. Pretty yeah. close. Pretty yeah, good that's, joke. It's a good reference. Middle 2008, Litkin and a new Anufrief participate in two bands, The Evil Dwarves, great name, which releases one physical al- album, and The Dismembered Pugachovka, which released music online. Both bands center on violence and obscenity with little clear message. Real. Two albums in high school, pretty impressive. Have you heard any of these albums? I haven't yet. I kind of want to get my hands on one of these. I wouldn't mind doing it. I'm just, you know, quite prolific. Two albums in two years, that's like Louis C.K. numbers. 100%. You know? That's solid. They they love Pachishkin and George Carlin. Yeah. Just <laughs> you know what's crazy? Always People always blame music. But, like... Their music probably was to blame. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, we're just artists. We're not, we don't actually mean what we're talking about. And they're like, no, no, I mean everything. I'm no, talking yeah, about. I want people. I'm talking about actually murdering people. Their first hit was called Little Well. And it was <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was like, "What? I couldn't handle that." <laughs> Hammers at the well. That was their first. Album. Hammers at the well. All right. Late 2008, Freve opts to leave high school early and passes an exit exam in 10th grade. At the same time, Litkin begins to skip school and is disenrolled. So, Freve is the mentally he, handicapped guy, and he's the one who he gets the exit exam. He did the exit exam, leaves. So he gets his GED pretty much. He got his GED. Okay. And Litkin just started. I mean, imagine your f- your your special needs friend <laughs> <laughs> surpasses you. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like if my girlfriend ran faster than me, yeah, or like could lift more than me, could lift more than me, it would really bother me, and I would flunk out of school too. Hundred <laughs> percent. God, you got to be dumb to have a guy with severe brain damage by beaten by Armenians. That's that's rough. And you know they had a lot of cologne. He cannot smell Aqua de Giorgio <laughs> anymore, or riding a BMW. It's a L.A. joke for all the Armenians who smell nice. well and yeah. drive BMWs. Yeah. Litkin attempts to attempt school again, applying to technical colleges. Those aren't real schools, guys. Or no. Uh, uh, be a I wouldn't shit on Western Career College. Yeah, you or know. Or DeVry. You could be a good tradesman. Yeah, you could do. And that's you, just can, really you can, like. Plumber and electrician. You know what's crazy, though? That's p- they probably want to do this so they could be around hammers. <laughs> <laughs> You're on tools. Like, what can I do? Yeah, construction. How many hammers do you guys have on site? <laughs> yeah, his, his dream is actually to be actually an AC guy, but uh, not enough hammers. <laughs> <laughs> in 2010, Litkin begins to attend white power and Russian nationalist rallies. Mm. He encouraged Anu Freeves to do the same, but other fascists and neo-Nazis reject him because of his Iranian heritage. So sad, you know? It's like, can we just not look past the hate for our hate groups? Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. They're like, I don't know. Like, if serial killers are going to be racist, like, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> like, the murder? I'm okay, but yeah. racism? No. Live your, yeah, live your live your message, but you're not allowed to be racist. They take a great interest in the Russian fascist book called Born to Hate about misanthropy. 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 Misanthropy, yeah. Misanthropy. March 4th, 2010, the Blood Magic Gang are tried and sentenced. Litkiv and Anufriev become obsessed with the case. Anufriev begins posting online about the Blood Magic Gang. I will say this, cool fucking name. Yeah. So, wait, I'm a little confused. These, these kids weren't a part of the Blood Magic Gang? No. So, these guys, I mean, they're about 17 now. Okay. So, these are the Hammers. They're their own crew. Hammers. They're their own thing. So and Blood Magic Gang was like, a, 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 like they're seniors, kind of. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know... Us going to the punchline, going up. And seeing some comics that and like. Com- and we're like, we're going to be yeah. in one day. This is their, like, Ali Wong. Yes, this is their Ali Wong. Exactly. Yes. But with so, less hammers. But less hammers. But she might have hammers. I think she has, yeah. She, her, her personality is somewhat of a hammer. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so, in March. I mean, also, though, it's like, so, you have the, you, you're the parents of this Litkin, Litkin and the special ed kid, Anufriev. Yeah. And they're 13 loving Alexander Pushkin, mm-hmm. and now it's 17, Loving Blood Magic King. Also, my favorite Chili Peppers album. A lot of people nice. don't know that. I'm here all week, guys. This is my <laughs> podcast. I've had time to think about these joints. So, a new free begins posting online about the Blood Magic Gang. I will say this. Cool fucking name. Dayud, you are starting a murdering gang of psychos. What are you naming it? Uh, the Murderers. Murder- <laughs> oh, not much info. Not much <laughs> imagination in that. No, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not, I like to keep it. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah, either that or uh, uh, DeVry. 
divide. Oh yeah, people enroll. You just do a fake website. Exactly. It's a whole little. I'd I'd be a college killer. Yeah. These. Wow, that's so funny. You're doing really great, buddy. Am I just guessing everything that's happening? These guys begin to kill everyone in this little college town. Not okay. everyone, but yeah. Well, it's a out of spite because they obviously can't get into it. <laughs> that's why I would do it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you're gonna reject me, San Jose State. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> what happened if I keep saying university and it was actually like a DeVry? Like, <laughs> it's a technical college? It's a technical college. That's, 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 that's punching down. That is punching you, down. You, you don't want to murder people less than you. No. Which I guess I can see what killers always do. I mean, to be honest, I, I actually said, I mean, people in the DeVry ones, those guys probably end up making more money they, in the They end. make a lot of money. Yeah. They do. Well, they can. I know a lot of people who have DeVry degrees in uh, airplane engines who work at fucking the bank. Yeah, that's true. So it happens. I think once you get that like degree, then you don't remember that you then start on like the lowest firm of any. Yeah, yeah, it's still entry level. Yeah, it's still entry level, and your life fucking sucks when you're entry level fucking construction. And then you get murdered. And then yeah, then <laughs> apparently yeah, <laughs> kid with a hammer. I'm gonna go. What's my murder? Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Name? Great friends. Great friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. So we kind of do like you know those political campaigns where it's like this like one that wants to like defund like schools and homeless people but it's known as like blessings for america okay yeah it's kind of like yeah it's like people who are like pro-life and uh yes. capital punishment mm-hmm. huh but then they have a weird name of shit exactly so that's me you're not going to know what's going on with uh with great friends great friends but we will yeah, I'd be, actually I, I, I won't change mine i want to be called bet bet <laughs> Def Jam. Yeah. You're deaf because I beat your head with a hammer, and now you can't hear. <laughs> so late 2010. This is where we're, we're. This is our decade, yeah. a little bit, you know. Litkin and a new freeve begin walking daily in the evenings in the university and academic districts of Irkutska. About shit, maybe a month or two later after this, November 14, 2010, Anastasia Markovskaya, Anastasia. Markovskaya, a lot of letters, a lot of vowels. A lot of vowels there, yeah. An 18-year-old student is attacked by Litkin and a new freeve wielding clubs. She survives, but her case is written off as a robbery and not followed up on. Serbian police kicking ass again. So good. Best police force in the world. 100%. And do you think there were golf clubs or like like a wooden club? Yeah, that's what I thought, too. It's like, here's an idea. Maybe the two special ed kids walking around with clubs... Maybe keep your eyes on them. You know what's crazy? If they're special ed kids and they have clubs, that's like the most caveman thing. Yeah. This the straight like homo sapiens. Russians kind of give me a Neanderthal vibe. I get it. I think you know. I think that was one of the theories was that <laughs> they're the oldest people. They were the they were the Neanderthals. I think this is a Joe Rogan thing that I lost. Yeah, I don't. Time. I don't think any of that what you just said is factual. I think it might be, man. <laughs> Russians are Neanderthals. Russians are Neanderthals. Okay. Khabib is out there just <laughs> smashing people with his... A lot of big his... brows. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. A lot of big brows. Serbian police. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dude, you're becoming a serial killer. Yeah. Why are you killing people? And what kind of people are you killing? Well, there we, I already, yeah, I'm going to go back to my college answer. College people. Okay, so you're I, here. I'm, I'm killing kids at college. Okay. Beca- out of envy. Okay. Or kids with tiny dicks. Whoa, that one's, you got to find that one out first. Of course. <laughs> I'm willing to do the research. Your PE teacher, like, all right, this is the national survey from the government. You got to see how many push-ups you can do, yeah. pull-ups, how big your dick is. I'm just, and then just hanging out in locker rooms, bro. Just hanging out, sizing people up. You better have a good 
good soft dick, bro, or you're dead. <laughs> That's pretty much. Because you don't want to live. That guy's not happy. Yeah, he's listen, I'm helping you out, to be honest. Exactly. I'm saving you from this embarrassment. <laughs> now, come over here. Uh, why don't you have a little conversation yeah. with my club? Yeah. Asian kids, not safe at all. Oh, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> November 24, 2010, an elderly woman is beaten and robbed by Litkin and a new Freeve. The police open a robbery investigation. I feel like their investigation is mainly just showing up and me looking around and be like, Does anyone know what happened? What's all? Does anyone see what happened here? Yeah, I bet you they're also more worried about the money being stolen than the woman being assaulted. Yeah. They're, this is more of a robbery in their eyes yep. than an assault. First thing they're like, listen, did he give you 600 bucks? <laughs> he took $600. That will not stand. Motherfucker. Wait. <laughs> are you an immigrant? Because <laughs> if you're an immigrant, I have to beat you as well. Serbian rules. <laughs> Nothing we do makes sense. Oh, man. December 1st, 2010. So this is fucking a week later. Another elderly woman is beaten and robbed by the pair. Fleeing the robbery, they pass a schoolmate on a scooter. 12-year-old Daniel Semenyanov, Litkin, and Anufiv then beat him to death with a wooden mallet and a baseball bat. The attack on the elderly woman is written off as a robbery and the death as a scooter accident. <laughs> I I remember that's pretty plausible. I remember when I was a kid riding my razor scooter, just running into baseball bats to the face. <laughs> this kid must have crashed into a Louisville Slugger factory. He, <laughs> this is just a scooter accident. Why does he have fragments of a baseball bat in his brain? <laughs> Interesting. His knees were broken inwards. <laughs> These scooters aren't safe, man. Yeah, that, they were killing kids back in the day. <laughs> this whole time, with just people attacking them. What the fuck is going on with these police? <laughs> They're like, he wasn't wearing a helmet. Wasn't That's what happens. Where's your helmet? Helmet and ear pads. <laughs> or else we could have prevented this whole thing. <laughs> I love, like, they're beating people with clubs and baseball bats like those are easily concealed weapons. Yeah, it's a pretty big thing to carry. That's a big thing. No one's just like, oh, I got my wallet, my phone, my club. <laughs> it's like on a keychain. All right, the last one is December 1st, December 16th. At the site of Danielle Semenyov's murder, a corpse is found. 69-year-old Olga Pirog has been stabbed 30 times. Goddamn. Finally, a murder investigation is open, mainly because they thought it was another scooter accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there, there was no knife factory around. Yeah. <laughs> mm, 29 is acceptable, but 30, <laughs> I think there's some foul play here. I've seen a man crash into a scooter and get stabbed 30 times. <laughs> it happened. 28 Thorn times. bushes. They're Thorn out there. Bushes. Large thorns in Serbia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these guys are putting up numbers. Yeah. This is in about, they started on November 14th. We are now at November, December 29th, same year. This will be the fourth, fifth person they've killed. December 29th, 2010, the pair attack, beat, and rob a young man. Svetlova Valentinov, who managed to escape. An hour later, 22-year-old Yakaterina Karpova, a pregnant school coach, is attacked. She's beaten brutally with clubs. Her fingers snapped, but her and her unborn child survive. In the hospital, Karpova sees Valentinova's similar runes and thinks maybe these were the same guys. Holy shit. Also... Pregnant Serbian chicks. 
badasses. Badasses, dude. You can't beat them or throw them down to wells. <laughs> you can't do anything. They will survive. Too strong as they're. People. They're the most pro-choice people, pro-life people on the entire planet. That baby's being born, no matter what. <laughs> Too strongest people in the world. Serbian pregnant woman, her unborn child. <laughs> These guys were just trying to abort the fuck out of this baby, and they couldn't. I think it's pretty easy to kill a, a pregnant lady with a club. It's the easiest person. They can't run away from you. She's gonna roll away. <laughs> All right. I love that, too, that they looked at each other in the hospital and they were like, same thing? It's like, oh, shit, do you have snap fingers? Were you? I have snap fingers. <laughs> Does your face say Louisville Slugger? Are we best friends? <laughs> All right, Dayud, you're killing people. All right, here we go. With your gang of, what was your name again? Uh, I don't know, BT. BT. <laughs> <laughs> How are you getting rid of the bodies? Oh, man. I, I, I don't want to get too graphic, but... I think the move is, you know, chop them up, obviously, and then send them to their families. Oh, wow. I love this. Yeah. I feel like you're going to be a lot of guys, Michael Jordan. You know, you're going to be a lot of people. I think so. I think when I snap, it's going to be bad for everybody. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm conniving enough, I think. And just like BET, you only do these murders during the Tipville, Tip huh? Drill video. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. BET late night. It gets it gets weird. Something I masturbated quite a lot to as a child. Yeah. That's what we're going to That's what that's when I do my murders. <laughs> when, if someone hears it must be your ass and not your face exactly they're getting hit when with a mallet starts clapping i'm killing motherfuckers <laughs> it's a perfect distraction january 1st wait how are you fucking killing you make me seem like a psychic yeah, killer yeah. You okay what was the, the last one so my gang was named like the good friends or something like yeah, that yeah yeah the good friends why am i killing people <sighs> yeah i feel like a psycho answering these and then you just you're right i miss them my listeners want to know what i want to do yeah why am i killing people I'm stealing stuff from them. I don't want to work. Yeah. Stealing their cards. Petty thief. Petty thief. Just a sad, pathetic Pe guy. Petty thief with murder. So I'm doing it for the love of the game. Yeah, you're just putting, you're just like happy to be here. Yeah. It's like comedy, you know. We don't need to get paid. We want to get paid. Yeah. But we do it. We do it either way. But I'm please, a, Yeah, guys. I'm an artist. What kind of victims am I going to have? What kind of victims? Hmm. Who would I love to kill? I think Mormons actually be a fun one. Or those people who show up to your house, the Jehovah's Witnesses? They are not fun. Those are like, imagine a religion that was like, you can't have any parties yeah. for a birthday. But killing them, like, sending them to heaven, too, right? Like, in their idea, like, you're doing them a favor. I don't even know about that one, but. <laughs> no, is that maybe, not? Is, maybe. Their shit's weird I'm pretty as sure in, uh, in Jehovah's Witness religion, if you get killed by a Muslim, you go straight to heaven. Wow, <laughs> I don't know if what I just said is true. I think, I think any religion, if you get killed by a Muslim, you go to straight to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> January 1st, two days after their last m murder, a homeless man is attacked and beaten to death with wooden mallets, clubs. He is never identified, but is given the Eruskia John Doe name of Victim 20. Also a pretty cool band name. You're right. That is a Victim cool 20? That is a cool ass name and name. With a pattern of attacks by men wielding wooden mallets emerging, locals begin to call them the hammers. Pretty cool. But they're they're not using hammers. But no, they aren't. They're using clubs. How many people over there have baseball bats and clubs? I actually, you know what? Scratch that. I think. Do you think Russians play a lot of baseball? I think it's not a big sport over there. No, but I think at a young age you're given a club, as a Russian male. I can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how you stake your claim and. Yeah. 
Find your wife. <laughs> Club her over there. <laughs> yeah, bring her back to the cave. This is going real. If you're rushing out there, oh uh, my God, I yeah. apologize <laughs> that you're rushing. No, yeah. I apologize that we're doing this. That's <laughs> just some terrible things. I mean, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I used to deal, deal drugs and do a bunch of stuff. Russian guys, never be trusted. I bought a car off a Russian guy. Three days later, transmission went out. So Yeah, it's probably, he probably did that on purpose. I wouldn't doubt it, to be honest with you. He looked a lot like both of these guys. Okay. I love being a parent, too. Like, like these people are getting murdered every four days by hammers. And you see your kid. And your kid's going, you're just like, hey, remember, boys, when you go out, stay away from Pittskill Park. Don't follow anyone that gives you free cigarettes and vodka. Yeah. And for God's sakes, avoid people with hammers. Yeah. Also, stay off scooters. I've heard <laughs> some terrible things. If you go to a scooter, if you ride a scooter, stay away from Big Five. You just get murdered by a fucking fishing pole. <laughs> this guy was sodomized by a dildo. Had to be another scooter accident. We need to stop Lime scooters. Oh, man. <laughs> January 15th. Two weeks later. Vladimir Basilevsky, a 19-year-old homeless man, is arrested for the murder of victim 20. After being beaten by Officer Yuri Fedorov, he writes a confession and is taken and photographed at the crime scene. He is given the name of the victim as Andre Taigai. Taiga. So they blamed another homeless man for the... So what the police did, you know, once again, best yeah, they police coerced the... in the world. They beat a man. A With clubs, man. probably. <laughs> I found these in the park, Blitzkill <laughs> Park, near well. Don't know whose they are. Then they beat a man, homeless man, and got him to admit that he was the guy who was doing these. Goddamn. Yep, that's pretty fucked up. January 21st, 2011, a week later, Oleg Semenyov, a local college student, is attacked and beaten. He escapes, running to a nearby hospital. At the hospital, he is diagnosed with severe blunt trauma, a concussion, and traumatic brain injuries. We call that the Anufriv. That's that one guy who was beaten by Armenians. Oh, okay, thank you for that. Anufriv. I don't know who that was. Yeah, I know. I'm, you know, we're doing a lot of work. It sometimes can get confusing. Yeah, it's honestly the names. There's so many. And there's so many vowels. It literally looks like alphabet soup. That I'm yeah. Writing. You're just making sounds at this point. <laughs> Every time you say a name. I know. I can literally. <laughs> <laughs> Set February 3rd. Fucking four. No, almost a week and a half later. The pair attacks an elderly woman. She survives, escapes, but goes to the hospital with severe head trauma. So these guys are beating young people and old people. Well, it's not discriminating anymore. No, it's smart. Equal opportunity beatings. <laughs> Five days later, February 8th, 2011, an elderly woman is attacked who also escapes from minor injuries. These little weirdos kick ass frequent frequently. They don't give a fuck. You know, it's kind of like, seems to me, both these guys, you know, Alexander and these guys, you know, just like a comic or anyone. Once you start getting famous, you stop trying. Yeah, they got lazy. They got lazy. They lost their edge. They lost their eye of the tiger. Mm hmm So, February 21st, about 13 days later, Alexander Maximov is ambushed while walking home. His jaw is smashed. His skull is broken. 
He is then shot with an air pistol. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that one came in there. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> a weird way to <laughs> hurt somebody. He was shot with an air pistol. He had talkies poured into his eyes, and they rubbed his feet. No. <laughs> they shot him with an air pistol, and the pair attempted to remove his eyeballs. Oh, wow. Allegedly with their teeth. Huh. His head is almost removed, and surprisingly, he dies. Oh, nice. Yeah, you don't really want to be left with uh, your eyes eaten out by two fucking psychos. God damn. Eating eyes. You think they did it at the same time? It took turns? You think it's like like they were doing both one eye at a time, like each of them, and it's kind of like the lady in the tramp style? <laughs> <laughs> they meet at the nose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love at least they're pushing themselves. They're you know pu- I mean? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not doing the same thing like push push kicking or whatever. Just welling it up well, for, forever until you got bored. These guys eating faces. Eating eyes now. Yeah. Cutting off heads, <laughs> eating eyes. Six days later, these guys are putting up fucking numbers. We're just gonna go back real quick and see if I can count these. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, from November 14th to February 21st, so that's about three months they've killed 12 people. Goddamn. In a fucking neighborhood. That's one a week? That's about one a week. I mean, oh, man. These guys are putting up numbers, Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah. Yeah. February 27, 2011, Nina Kuzmina is attacked by a solitary Litkin. Uh Uh-oh, he's cheated. Oh. He's cheating. He's going out there getting the numbers by himself. After being beaten, he runs off, leaving her runes with minor, leaving her with minor runes. I mean, I would be pretty mad if I was a new Freve. Hundred percent. Like this is a this is a team thing. We started together. We've been drooling on the same hammer, staring at old women, and then hammering those women. <laughs> <laughs> These people are fucking psychos. Oh man. <clears throat> About two weeks later, March two thousand eleven. March 10th, Roman Fazulian, a homeless man, is attacked outside a new Freeve's apartment. He's shot with air guns. What the fuck is this air gun <laughs> shit? <laughs> Why is it even brought up? <laughs> I mean, how do people know? There's just like those orange pellets all yeah, over the guy. Yeah, like one little like, oh, that was a little. Ooh, little that's not that bad. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> eyes. He's eating my eyes. <laughs> a minor inconvenience. <laughs> and then he's stabbed all over his body. Litkin intends to cut off the victim's hands. A new Freeve photographs the crime scene. Hmm. Serbian killers really want to get caught. Yeah, 100%. Cuts off the hands, though, huh? What would you be if you what would be your favorite thing to cut off? I think the hand would be the first thing cuz then you'd just be walking around with a hand in your pocket. It's pretty it's a fun prop. I Sounds like, hey, can you give me a hand? Like, you know that? <laughs> hey, see what I did there? Yeah. Scooter accident. Yeah, just just scooter, yeah, found another ground or like just giving people a high five just throwing <laughs> hands on them. Where <laughs> 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 did you get a hand job? There's so much you can do with hands, bro. I would do a genitals. I'd cut out genitals. Genitals? Nah, genitals are gross, man. Yeah, imagine having just a couple dicks and a vagina in your pocket. <laughs> That's pretty fun. <laughs> That's pretty fun. <laughs> That's not bad. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm in the wa- wrong pocket. I'm touching the dick. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you're just going around keys, oh, old dude's dick. cock. <laughs> but it's a secret you'd have talking to anyone. Be like, oh, how you been? I've been pretty good. Someone say I've been staying hard. All right, that's stupid. Come on, guys. <laughs> we don't have time for this. March 12, 2011. A public assembly is called to demand an investigation. The police reveal that they are already considering the crimes to be linked. You think, you that's, dumb bitch? That's nice. 
<laughs> the cops like, I think there's a connection here. Six months later, fucking almost 15 dead people, all done by hammers. In these might be linked. Mid March, a couple, about four or five days later, a police officer frightens off who he believes are robbers trying to attack an elderly woman who is unharmed. April first, two thousand eleven. Vladimir Bazilevsky is sentenced to four years in prison for the murder of victim number 20. That was the homeless guy guy that got beat by the police. During his in-processing, an investigation is opened into his case. So they arrest you, sentence you, and then they investigate? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty lit. It's like you got a lot of police stars bashed into your forehead. Scooter accident. (laughs) Always a scooter accident. April 3rd, 2011, 63-year-old Alevitina is attacked. The pair record the murder. She is beaten, then stabbed repeatedly with knives, and the pair remove her earlobes. That's a fun one. I never thought about that one. Yeah, then you got someone to listen to you always. <laughs> Let's get my podcast listeners up. Yeah. The video is sent to Ilyanov, Ilya Istunov, an online Mondo stuff movie, snuff movie distributor. Actually, hold on real quick. Boom! April 3rd, 2011, 63-year-old Alevtina Kudyina is attacked. The pair record the murder. She is beaten, then stabbed repeatedly with knives, and the pair remove her earlobes. Love that one. Yeah, it's great. Get some podcast listeners with that. (laughs) The video is sent to Ilya Ustinov, an online Mondo and Snuff movie distributor. The video rapidly spreads through the social media across Russia. I think it's called Live Leak. Is the is the website? They is that it? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Have you never been to Live Leak? Uh, is that some freaky shit? It's some bad shit. Live Leak is just people dying and shit. You know what my thing is, man? Is I really just don't like pain. I have a very uh, hedonistic lifestyle. What do you don't like pain? You what? like you don't like getting hurt, or you don't like seeing pain? Any of it. I don't want someone crying. I don't like seeing pain. I don't want it, someone to hurt me. It's I just want to be happy all the time. Yeah. I want people around me to be happy all the time, and I don't want any problems. I'm glad you started a serial killer podcast. Well, Makes you know, poke fun at it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants. I don't think anybody. Yeah. I think most people would agree with you in that sentiment. Some people like to be hurt a little bit, like during sex, pinched or something. Well, I like oh, some of that stuff, too. I don't want to know that. But, but, you, know, you say pinched? I don't know. What, what beaten, <laughs> sodomized? <whatever laughs> people people just, hey, pinch my nuts, baby. <laughs> Give me a little pinch. <laughs> I, <love that>. <laughs> <laughs> like I like, like naughty like, stuff. I like to be pinched once in a while. Yeah, just pinch the nuts like like she just uh, about to season something, <laughs> a steak. <laughs> just get to pinch my nuts. I also love that like maybe, <laughs> I also love that maybe like, you know, like you're going to have sex with someone and you're like, they're like, well, what are your levels that you want to have sex? You want to get pinched, sodomized, or it looks like a scooter accident? Do you want? Do you want to look like a scooter, <laughs> you a scooter accident? accident? Okay, oh grab my. me some uh, baseball bats. Oh, here we go. Coming into the end of these fucking psychos. April fifth, two thousand eleven. Composites of the attackers are released by police. Later that day, a new Freve and Litkin are arrested. About a week later, the fucking sad homeless guy Basilevsky's case is re-examined. Blood samples are re-evaluated, and it is found that they do not match. Bazivsky. So they did the blood stuff after. He's, he's been, been, yeah, he's doing time. They're like, you know what? We should check the blood. We should check the evidence. Also, the guy that they said he. They, so they gave him the name of Andre Taiga, like another guy that was supposedly a crazy homeless person that was missing. Yeah. He was found. Oh. So. So they didn't even know who this victim 20 is. No, so the police, the only guy they arrested in the All seven months that they murdered people, yeah. was 
a crazy homeless person, and then they arrested him for the murder of a homeless person who wasn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> Top flight security of the world, 100%. dude. And they beat him with a conf- into a confession. April 7, 2011, after police discover murder weapons and videos at their apartment, the pair are now known as the Academy Maniacs and are to be held until their trial. August 12, 2012, the local investigative case is transferred to the regional district attorney. The case begins. They are charged with murder, assault, extremism. Litkin pleads guilty to all charges except extremism. That's pretty... I appreciate that. Yeah, he's like, listen, I murdered people with baseball bats, cut off their... Eyes sucked on the brains, but I am not a racist. Yeah, I am not into extremism. <laughs> what about eating eyes? When you say that's extreme, it's just part of the art form, baby. Yeah, man, that's not. That's relative. It's relative. It's who you are. Yeah. A new Freve attempts to blame the entirety of the murders on Litkin. You simple fucking new Freve. Damn, that's was a new Freve the helmet. Yeah, he's the special ed kid. Okay. I mean, they both seem a little uh, yeah special. Gotcha. Damn, snitching. April second, almost a year and a half later. Uh, 2013, the two are sentenced. A new Freve is a sentence to life in prison in a high security labor colony. <laughs> Litkin is. St- say a labor con- colony? Yeah. That's like you're just fucking breaking. Like an ant? Yeah. <laughs> you're living you're life like an ant? Yeah. Okay. You just watch Bugs Life <laughs> yeah. at, at lunch and then ants at dinner <laughs> and then work like you're both just of them. Working for the labor colony. Just fighting grasshoppers. Litkin is given 25 years in a correctional labor facility, but Litkin is eventually sentenced as a minor, and his sentence is reduced from 25 to 20 years. How old is this motherfucker? I guess he was about a year or two younger than a new Freve. But also, like, imagine killing 14, 15, 16 people in six months, and you only get 20 years? That's not a lot. That's like... I think you kill one person, you should get 20 years. I don't know the math, but I'm pretty sure that's like, like four grand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking cash out on that dogecoin yeah, and you can dude. beat you can anyone beat the you case want in serbia damn that's insane 20 years that's all i got was 20 25 years damn like you know we talk about american pr- uh, prison industrial complex and how harsh it is that seems a little like yeah this seems a little bit better yeah <laughs> all right dude this is the last part this is where we go so the last part can get confusing for the audience being that it's just a time Stamp thing. There's just the blatant facts. This one is essentially a paper written about it. It's about two pages. We'll get through it pretty quick. Both Artyom Anufriev and Nikita Litkin are born in Atruskia, a major industrial city on the Siberian frontier. Number one, Siberian frontier sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it also sounds... Never mind. <laughs> it's like a sh- really shitty uh, airline. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did you take Spirit? I wish I took Spirit. <laughs> I took Siberian yeah, Frontier. frontier. <laughs> it's different than regular <laughs> Frontier. They <laughs> hit you with hammers. They hit you with hammers. They give you a scooter and a dog. just brings you. <laughs> they land a inside of a well. <laughs> <laughs> As children, both had absent or missing fathers and were brought up by their mothers. Though their childhood peers and friends described them both positively, it was noted that it was Anufrivsky's... Anufreev's mother, who taught him to hate people, encouraged him to resist critique or criticism. That's a great one, isn't it? Yeah. Just hate everybody else, but no, you are perfect. That's good. This is the special needs kid? Yeah. That makes sense. Litkin was quiet and reserved, fearful of strangers, and prone to acts of vandalism in his early years. Anufreev, after being beat by a group of Armenian youths, sees his own mental health deteriorate and stability decline rapidly. You know what would be a real prison sentence for him? 
like sending him to Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good LA reference? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You did it there. He just has to walk around offering people $600 to beat his ass. Yeah. <laughs> the two met in 2004 while attending middle school. Litkin, having failed to secure a mathematics score that would allow him to proceed with some of his school hobbies, had sunk into depression. Following their meeting, Litkin quickly attached himself to the older Anufriv. Anufriv, who was called Jimbo by his classmates. This is great and one of my favorite things in this whole thing. Due to his physical and behavioral resemblance to the Simpsons character, is already an outsider. I don't know Jimbo in the Simpsons. I think Jimbo's Jimbo's the guy with the uh, skull t-shirt. He's one of... uh, He's one of his friends. He's not the bald guy. He's got the beanie the and the long hair. Well, yeah. oh, no, he's not skinny. He's skinny. He's tall. Oh, he's that one? Yeah. Okay, he's with the purple beanie. Yeah, he's got the beanie. Yeah, okay. All right. Who knew that. Serbians had Simpsons? Also, okay, Dayud. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's like Simpsons off. Simpsons skin off. Yeah. <laughs> Dayud, what is the worst and best Simpsons character to be called? Well, for me, it's a poo, obviously. For Is that Bert best or worst? Worst? Worst. Yeah, I don't yeah. call the poo. I mean, he was pretty fucking cool, though. I have no problems with the poo, and I, I don't think they should have canceled the poo. No, I mean... But at the same time, if someone calls me a poo, we're throwing hands. Yeah, you're right. I you know what I'm saying? Too. Like, I, I mean, enjoyed the character. I mean, I think the character normalized um, Indian and Middle Eastern people towards... Working at 7-Elevens? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right there. <laughs> no, I like I said, I don't think it should have been canceled. I was... I liked the character. It was some sort of representation, even though it wasn't great. Yeah, that is the only representation. But... It, but I don't want to be called that still. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be called I don't want to be called, I don't know, what if I called you Bart? I guess it's not bad when they're all white. I got white. very Bart vibes. I, you have Bart vibes. I got Bart vibes. You would steal like a statue head. I would steal statue head with a little, I would do anything Bart has ever done. And yeah. I probably had as a kid. What would be a good one for you to be called? Not you as in like. Hank Azaria. That'd be just nice. Hank Azaria. You just got off of Hank Azaria. That's, what is Hank Azaria? <laughs> Armenian? Oh. <laughs> We found out. Wow, okay. <laughs> he's got a lot of. I think he's actually Jewish. Sorry, yeah, maybe like an Ashkenazi. Yeah, kind of thing. I think so. I would go my. Oh. I don't know. They're all kind of funny. I wouldn't. I would. I would both mind and enjoy being called Lenny. Okay. Especially if I had a friend, and he could be. I don't know. Whatever. All right. That's what they're called. Who's the really drunk guy? Uh, Barney. But he's kind of fun, too. You wouldn't mind being called Barney? That wouldn't hurt a little bit? You know what, man? I feel like my Barney is your Apu. Because it's kind of yeah. fun. I enjoy what he does, but I... I would not want to be called be that. would be really rude to call me that. Yeah, that's that's fair. As their friendship grows, Litkin quickly loses his old friends. As they pass from middle school to end of high school, Litkin and Newfreeve participate in two bands. The first, a punk rock band called The Evil Dwarves, Decent, releases one physical album before disbanding. The second, a metal band called Decembered... Pugachivka releases online music with Litkin uploading most of their content. Content. Both bands center on violence and obscenity with little clear message. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, I've done stand-up for nine years. I have no albums. Yeah. They have two in high school. You have an album called Pier 69, right? Yeah, Pier 69, Junior Varsity. Junior Varsity. And where can my listeners find that out? Uh, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that streams anything. It's free, guys. This guy's hilarious. Check it out. Enjoy yeah. it. Follow him. Uh, there's also no clear message and a lot of violence in it. <laughs> <laughs> he also was based on Pachushkin's uh, yeah. murders. My favorite track is Hammers. Hammers uh, and Wells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hammers and the Wells also sounds like a uh, law office. Hammers and Wells or like or like a pub. 
Okay. Let's go get a pine at Hammers and Wells. That sounds, yeah. Or like a really nice sweater company. Yeah. All those work. Hammers and Wells. Yeah. In 2008, a new Freeve graduates high school early while Litkin drops out after missing too many classes. Still close friends, Litkin attempts to return to school, applying for technical programs. We didn't mean to shit on those. We need you guys. By 2010, he has failed an additional two programs. You simple, stupid bitch. <laughs> Leaving one for academic failure and another for bullying. All right. Oh. There you go. At the same time, Litkin begins to attend white power and Russian nationalists and fascist rallies associating with local skinheads. He encourages Anufriev to do the same, but is rejected due to his Iranian heritage. Though they are largely rejected by the local white power movement, they adopt many white power and skid hen symbols, as well as becoming deeply invested in the book Born to Hate, a Russian neo-Nazi book on misanthropy. Damn, that's pretty crazy that they're like, you know what, we'll make our own white supremacy group. <laughs> and they accept this one, you don't have to be white yeah. to be in it. And we're going to accept everybody <laughs> in our white supremacist <laughs> group. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a diverse white supremacy group. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Also, another weird thing is Russian neo-Nazi. Like, Russia is almost the reason that we beat the Nazis. Yeah. For, for the most part, you know, Hitler and Stalin had a whole bunch of beef. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it's just the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, Hitler I kind of fucked up because of going into Russia. Yeah, and then they were able to beat him because... Yeah, they weakened the armies and shit. Yeah, they freezing cold there and people shouldn't live there. Yeah, you never... Exactly. During this time, another group of teens in a working class section of Ikruska formed the Blood Magic Gang. Consisting of teens from dysfunctional homes, they begin attacking homeless people, leading to five deaths. In March, they are tried and sentenced. Litkin and Nufri have become obsessed with the case, creating social media groups and identity based around the group that was actually the basis for facebook yeah they're mm -hmm. like hey bring your uh your crazy gangs here <laughs> we don't care you can say whatever you yeah, want yeah tom from myspace fuck that guy fuck that guy facebook we fucking just give us a like i don't mean to say anything rude about facebook being in a house that facebook broke but, but, but yeah I have no problems with I got no problem. well i mean whatever. cambridge analytica yeah Identities uh, based around. In the fall, they begin to regularly walk the bus routes in the academic district of Irkutska at night. And on November 14th, November 14th, they commit their first attack. What be begins as a there's so many weird little bugs out here. <laughs> what begins as a series of assaults and robberies escalates in December to murder when they kill and attack a local boy. The assaults are written off by police as robberies and the murder as an accident. And the cases are not investigated. Once two bodies are found, both of the women who match the. Vo robbery victims in a, a case is opened as a robbery case rather than a serial killer. When a homeless man is murdered, it is not linked. Instead, after being beaten by police Vladimir Belilevsky, a homeless man is arrested for the murder. Just read back in this shit. We already know all this, but it gets a little bit clearer now, you know? Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty nice to see that the, the Russian or Serbian police system also likes blaming the poor for crimes they didn't commit, though. I know. It's you know That's just like a universal thing. Yeah. It's not just America. Blame it on the homeless guy. It's always the homeless guy. I mean, if something broke into your car in San Francisco, it probably is you the know, homeless guy. You know what's guy. crazy? It, it usually isn't. Really? The homeless people are don't break into cars that much. It's just kids coming from over the bridge who are opportunists. Homeless, <laughs> homeless people aren't the ones doing it for the most part. They're just crazy people minding their own business, taking shits on sidewalks. Yeah, okay. Like, if I park in front of a homeless person, I usually feel more safe. If I just park my car in like a, a decent neighborhood in San Francisco, well, there's no homeless people. Damn. Okay. Well, I guess I'm siding more on the police of Serbian. <laughs> Serbian I don't know. I just I've noticed I've got my car broken to eight times. 
Yes. And uh, maybe a few of those are homeless, but from what I've seen, it's it's kids. So. Let me find out where I was. Assault Especially in Oakland. I saw a guy breaking a car and then drive off. Yeah, you saw it? I saw it multiple times. That's the thing. I also feel like people here don't, they just mind their business too much. Well, I, I, I yelled at the guy, but I'm not going to fucking risk my life for someone else's car. I'm good fuck. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. I did my job. I yeah, am a, I'm I a am. hero. <laughs> when Alexander Maximov is murdered, the case begins to be linked in the public eye as the work of a single criminal individual or group. In March, a protest against the police department's investigations revealed that the police believe that a pair of young men are responsible for the assaults and murders. When a video of their last murder goes viral, composite pictures of a new Freeman Litkin are released. Almost immediately, residents of the academic district ad- identify them. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen those guys with a club. Yeah, I've seen those greasy haircuts anywhere. All right, buddy, we're coming to the end. Searches of their homes lead investigators to videos and the murder weapons, and they are arrested. Following their arrest, Litkin's uncle brings a camera of Litkin to the police. On it shows the murder of Alavatina Kuriyavna and the final victim. At the same time, the murder of the homeless second victim is re-examined. Oh, the Belivskis guy, the guy they beat and said that he was murdered, is released, and the officer had hit, who had beat him was arrested. Oh, okay. So that's finally some good. Finally, they, they've arrested finally the right person. Yeah, it's interesting that the cycle of beatings <laughs> it just keeps going around. In September 2012, their trial begins. They're charged not only with a murder and assault, but due to their association with white power, Nazi, and nationalist groups as extremists. Litkin pleads guilty to all charges except extremism, while Anufriev pleads guilty only to the two murders. With different charges accepted, Anufriev turns on the lung- younger Litkin, blaming him for the murders. It is discovered that Litkin is responsible for many of the stab wounds which occurred after death. Well, a new Freve likely planned and conducted most of the beatings that killed the victims. In April 2013, their sentence. Litkin receives a 25-year sentence in a correctional labor camp. An appeal of his sentence makes it to the Russian Supreme Court. Due to his age, his sentence is reduced to 20 years. God damn. He currently resides in a prison near his home in Ertushkis. He currently resides? Uh, I mean, he's in a prison still. This oh, really prison, didn't happen. Okay. It's only happened seven years ago. Yeah, but that kid's coming out, getting out when he's like 47, right? Is that the math? 37? I think it might even be lettuce. Yeah, I think 37. it's like... 37. He's 17, like, roughly? Shit. Okay, what time? Wait, so 2012, he was born in 1993? Uh, 17, 18? Yeah. 19? Yeah, so he's going to get out before he's 40, so that's cool. Or around 40. Wait, if he's born in 93... And it's 2012. Oh, fuck, man. This is, I was 18 in 2000. 19. Okay, that's fair. That makes sense to me. I think so. Yeah. Whatever. These guys can do math. It's not my yeah. job. I write papers. A new Freve, however, receives life in prison in a maximum security penal colony north of Moscow. Because remember, he was a couple years older than him, so they okay. tried him as an adult. Over the next few years, he is interviewed by private and state media, discussing both his life in the penal colony as well as his crimes. Unrepentant, he remains the youngest inmate at a maximum security facility in Russia. When do you think you should try someone as an adult? Man, that's such a good question. <laughs> I think if you're walking around hammering people in the fucking head, I think you, you should be a dog. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's okay. Yeah, yeah, because that's like I don't know, one murder, okay, maybe, but like two or three. That's yeah, these a, guys were doing like that's, a, that's 15, adult 16? work. Yeah, that's yeah, adult work at that time. Yeah, if you're putting up adult, adult work, numbers, yeah, it's like kind of like you know like uh, who was that? Wes Unsled was a rookie and MVP of the NBA. Yeah. 
It's like if you put up adult numbers, you should get adult recognition. Yeah, exactly. Recognition. You should get, you should get paid. exactly same thing with this. They That's both fair. should be shot and killed, uh, maybe stabbed or beaten in a scooter accident. There it is. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> and then thrown down a well. All right, Dayu, tell them where people can follow you. Uh, it's D-A-U-O-O-D-N-A-I-M-Y-A-R on everything, Twitter, underscore, Instagram. Though. There's an underscore. There is an underscore. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm the only D-A-U-O-O-D that, on most things. Okay. So you type those letters in. I'm the blonde-haired guy. TikTok, Instagram is what I use the most. I try Twitter. I suck at it. Very funny stand-up comic. We've been friends for probably eight years now. Yeah, since I started. Yeah, since we started. Yeah. Happy to have you on, buddy. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That was fun. A lot of fun. I said some horrific things. We said some horrific things, but that's the vibe (laughs) of this podcast. just talked about murdering bodies and chopping them up. That was the question you asked me. (laughs) That's what this thing's about. All right, buddy. See you later. Have a good one.